Hey guys, you're listening to Millennials at the Movies. I'm Amy. And I'm Novi. If our last series review seems too wholesome for you turkeys, we're going on to something a little bit more vulgar and violent. It Chapter One. According to Google Movies, seven young outcasts in Derry, Maine are about to face their worst nightmare, an ancient shape-shifting evil that emerges from the sewer every 27 years to prey on the town's children. Banding together over the course of one horrifying summer, the friends must overcome their own personal fears to battle the murderous, bloodthirsty clown known as Pennywise. It's streaming on Fubo, DirecTV, Sling, and TNT, and on Rotten Tomatoes, the critics give it an 85, and the audience gives it an 84. You can't get much closer than that. Wow. Holy crap. Nice. Um, okay, I have to say, my first experience with the it movies, the book, whatever, everything having to do with this series, or this movie, or this whatever, um, was this movie. And I honestly, I used to be scared of clowns. And now I'm not. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> thanks to this movie, I'm not. No, I, I didn't know how I was going to react to it. However, I'm sure there were multiple reasons why I needed to watch this movie, but I needed to watch it because Bill Skarsgård was in it, and I adore him. So I had to see his Pennywise. Um, and so I'm, go- I'm starting it off with this. I am 100% biased and proud. Like, I'm not going to say a negative thing about that character in this movie. That Whereas needs to be said. <laughs> I grew up with the original miniseries, so <laughs> I can hate both of them equally. <laughs> Wonderful. All I'm right. going to start out with this, though. Mm-hmm. Like, 1988 is kind of pushing too late for this water drain paper boat premise to work. They can't remake this movie in 20 years. Like, in the original, in the 50s, this seemed like a real toy option. But in 1988, this kid wanted to go outside and, like, just not even play, just watch the boat travel. (laughs) Run alongside, yeah. I mean, we were both born in 85. Mm -hmm. And... I can't imagine a couple of years later, even leaving my Nintendo in the rain <laughs> to run along the sewers and watch the sinky boat. Yeah. Well, you know, it was his big brother's um, made boat, you know, and I think immediately at the start of the movie, they do a good job with that where they're, they are showing us like, a real relationship I think at least between brothers when there is like even two or three year age gap I think it might be longer than that between them I'm not exactly sure how old each of them is but um it's a very real uh like brother relationship uh because the little one you know he loves Bill and he like wants to spend time with him and he wants to make Bill proud of him and all of that and then Bill's just like fuck, I don't want to play here. Take the boat and go run outside, Georgie. Go run in the rain. (laughs) No, because he was sick. Don't, did you see? He's sick. He's very sick. Yes, cough, cough. Um, All I'm saying is, in a few dozen years, they're going to make a version of this movie, but instead of the paper boat, it's just Georgie running around in the rain with Bill's cell phone when he sees (laughs) in the sewer that there's a Charizard, but he's got to go in to get it. (laughs) (laughs) Pokemon Go. 
<laughs> well, that's that'll only work if they're making it based on today. Because in twenty years from now, no one's going outside probably with the way things are going nowadays. We're all just gonna be locked indoors. Yeah. Well, then maybe that way slowly we'll go back to paper boats because it'll be like, whoa, you can make a paper boat. How'd you do that? <laughs> Yeah, they really make a big deal in this movie of the old nursery rhyme, Oranges and Lemons. They have this creepy children's choir singing it, and I know it's supposed to be creepy, and they try, but it's so tied to the book 1984 for me that I can't Hmm. see it creepy in that way. Okay, see, and... I didn't even know this was like a nurse. I like I'm. I guessed it was like some sort of nursery rhyme or something like that. I'd never heard of it because I wasn't born in America, so I don't know most of that shit, you know. Um, and I didn't even know what the hell they were singing. Like I didn't know the lyrics until you ruined it for me. It was creepy because anytime you have a creepy choir of children singing a creepy song, it's creepy. But apparently they're singing about oranges and that that's not creepy anymore. So I'm not scared of it anymore. So that's nice. Well, a few bars later, someone's head gets chopped off. So, so that, that helps. A little longer. Yeah, I didn't listen at all. I didn't even know what the lyrics were. All I knew was that it sounded creepy and then oranges. So. Um. <laughs> George's scene with Pennywise was great on multiple levels, though. I'm going to have to say one thing before you get to that scene, because when he's when he's out there, I watched this movie in the theater by myself, and I'm so glad I was by myself because I don't need like my family and shit to know what a horrible person I am. But that first time and literally every time after that I have watched this movie, when Georgie runs into that like whatever that thing is a uh, street sign it's not a sign you know what it's i mean like right the emergency. yeah that thing he runs into it and every time i laugh i'm i, I yeah. i'm a horrible person i suck i'm a weird <laughs> but it's so funny and i'm so glad that they did that yeah it really broke up the tension because you're especially if you've seen the previous one you know what's coming you yeah see that coming yeah and I think it was great because you would expect like the clown's gonna jump out at him or something like that and that does not happen it's just him being a child and it was funny it was okay now you can talk about Pennywise and uh Georgie meeting it's got so many great subtle things in it Mm -hmm. and I will say that this is another Pennywise interpretation. It's very different than Tim Curry's. Mm-hmm. Tim Curry's was literally just him yelling the entire time. And this one, he has a quiet voice, but he's emphasizing weird consonants in all of his words. Yeah. Which is still not what they said that Pennywise would be doing in the book. That's not how his voice was described. They all sound real fucky. Hmm. But he did. they did some really great things in that scene. First of all, Pennywise shifts his eyes to blue so George feels a little more comfortable with him. Yeah. Uh, that was great. He... His first greeting alone was great. The little, hi, it's Georgie. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you sound like something a kid would trust, even though like 0.5 seconds before that he was shaking and he still doesn't completely trust him. But like the niceness, I think, gets me. 
I actually think it's the complete opposite. I think that Bill Skarsgård did a great job portraying a very creepy, very wrong-feeling clown. Mm-hmm. And it's fun to watch, but I also can't understand why any child would ever fall for something that looks so violent and unwelcoming. Yeah, he's not the brightest child. Yeah, because Pennywise, in the previous one, Tim Curry's version, always seemed like he was just kind of an old drunk guy wearing clown makeup. (laughs) Yeah. Which probably he was. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This one is the wrong shapes and the wrong voice and everything feels wrong Mm -hmm. so yeah to fall for that you have to look at these kids and go what's wrong with you yeah but he's talking about a circus and popcorn and stuff the best part of that was (laughs) after he did the cutesy little pop 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 popcorn thing Mm -hmm. after george had been dragged into the sewer the water started to pop and it was him being strangled to death and his Mm -hmm. like his body running out of air yeah it was such a great shot it was yeah i'm so glad they went all in with it too because i feel like they do that a lot Uh, okay i'll rephrase i don't watch a lot of horror movies so i don't know if they do that a lot but i would expect that when there's a child who's going to get attacked and murdered in a movie that they're just going to be like okay you know that's what happened we're not going to show you the gruesome details because it's a child you know what i mean and i love that this movie doesn't do that like they're not showing him fully getting eaten but they show his arm getting torn off him like trying to crawl away and being dragged back into the sewer um, and I and I love all that they do all of that because like it's a scary movie, make it scary. I don't care if it's a kid or an adult, you know. Well, there are two things about that though. First off, they really couldn't make a movie about a clown that murders children. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> and hold back on the child murder. <laughs> yeah. But also, this came out in 2017. Mm-hmm. A lot of very. I mean, it's basically the renaissance of blood movies and torture movies and just the most disgusting things that go so far over the line. They Mm. had to keep up or this would have been seen as a pussy move. Yeah, I agree. Well, and that's the thing. I feel like if I'm going to watch a movie and I felt like that with this, again, I was alone in a theater thinking I was going to be terrified of this movie. And the whole time I was like, please scare me, please. Like I want to leave here scared. And uh, sadly, spoiler alert, it didn't scare me. There was one jump scare that got me, but that was it. You know? Okay. Um, There are so many goddamn jump scares. I know. And you were saying in the last one that you, that I think it was this movie. I might be mixing my movies up. I think it was the, night of the miniseries right you were saying that you like that they didn't do that yeah but this is a thing of movies released in like the past 15 years they all love their fucking jump scares and i like a good well-placed jump scare too mm. but and it's not like they don't pay off i think every jump scare pays off with an actual clown it's never like oh a jump scare but it's a bird yeah but there's still too many to where it takes the effect of the jump scare away. Yeah, and I think for me, what it's, I have to not at all be expecting something to 
happen. You know what I mean? That's the only way the jump scare is going to work for me. Usually they like everything that gets quiet and, or like the, the music gets like slower, but creepier and all that, you know, that kind of thing happens. And you're like, okay, something's going to jump out at you right now. Um, so you're kind of expecting it. And I know some people, even when they're expecting it, it scares them. It doesn't get me usually if I'm expecting it. There was one in this movie. We'll talk about it when we get to that scene. But like, it, I was just like, holy shit, I didn't see that coming. And it was great. I enjoyed that. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. There were too many of them. But I think it works based on my experience of seeing everybody else jump in the theater. Every time there was a jump scare scene, I'm like, well, it works. So they're just going to keep throwing it in there. Uh. Uh, my theater was relatively empty, and there was more laughing than there was fear. I think, in general, the same, but my my theater that I went to has a lot of, like, teenagers, you know? So I think for them, it was a little creepier. Um, so maybe that's why they were, they got, they got gotten by the jump scares. <laughs> I, I like... Go, you oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I liked the, um, that scene with Georgie and, and Pennywise. I liked that it ended with him when he's being dragged, that he yelled Billy as his last word. Um, that sounds like a horrible thing to say, but it really, really helped with the emotional connection because at least in my experience and anybody who does have parents that care for them and are there and all that, when you're hurt or when you're scared or anything like that happens, you yell, I think most of the time for your mom, but at least for your dad, maybe, you know what I mean? Like that's the person's name you or that's what you yell for. And the fact that he yelled for Billy really, really sets up what we see in that family later on. And I, I felt like I needed that. I think that added more to the connection between the brothers than even the like beginning scenes did. Yeah. And I mean, all of the families that we see are weird in one way or another, mm-hmm. except debatably Mike's grandfather. Yes. And I am not sure on that one. Because on one hand, his little, you either toughen up with us or you're a victim like them speech about making the child shoot the uh, goats or sheep or whatever they were. Yeah. It sounded shitty and it sounded borderline abusive. But if the grandfather knew that there was something wrong in that town and we find out later that Mike's grandfather basically told him about everything. Like, yeah. he knew everything about yeah. Pennywise. Maybe he thought that turning Mike into an adult as soon as possible would save him because mm. it didn't kill the adults. I don't know if that's a real thing or if it's just something I made up, but it's an interesting thought. <laughs> well, okay, he's homeschooled, right? Mike is? Yes. And there's at least a few racists in the town that they live in. I'm going to guess quite a few of them. Um and so I, while I'm not even thinking on the Pennywise level and that whole thing, but like it, even just as a grandpa who cares about his kid, uh, grandson, I was just thinking, um, and is trying to like teach him, like, you need to grow up and do this. Otherwise you're, if you go out there, you're going to, you are going to be the victim. Like there is no other option. It's this or nothing, you know? Um, while yes, I agree. It's not, it's the harshest way to teach a lesson. It's not a good way to do it but like or that man 
and the very little we see of him, I feel like that was like tough love was what you do basically, you know, like that's how you have to get it through him to him. Otherwise he's never going to learn. And if he goes out there and he doesn't have this, then he's going to be like, he's, he's going to die. Whether it's through Pennywise or the assholes in the town. Like yeah. he's not going to be treated well out there no matter what. Yeah, especially because we don't know exactly what caused that fire that killed his parents. I really wish they had told us about the fire that killed his parents earlier in the movie than they did. And I know we're going to be jumping, but like first time watching the movie had no fucking clue what that whole burned hands, arms coming out through from the, like, what is that place? Like the meat factory place. Um, whether it ends up being Pennywise. Like I had no idea what that was. I didn't know. I couldn't really entirely tell that they were burned arms. That was my best guess probably, but I didn't know for sure because I didn't know what the fuck his backstory was. And I was really upset at that. I felt like they told us later and I'm like, oh, okay, that's what that was. But I wish we had seen, like we had, like maybe the grandpa could have said something like not necessarily like, you know how your parents were killed in the fire in that house, like that thing that happened that like, you were also in the house for. <laughs> yeah, like he didn't have to break it down that far, but yeah, he could have mentioned it in some way. But it like that scene for Mike's fear, Mike's fear again or to, of the clown. I totally got Mike's fear of those arms trying to like reach out to him. I was like, I don't get it. I don't know what this is. Yeah, so it, and. It, it was in me. the book, but not yeah, everybody like, exactly. read the book. Not everybody yeah. saw the first uh, miniseries. Yeah. So you have to make sure that you're telling a complete story in your movie. Yeah, I I just think it's like, don't ever assume somebody has seen or read something else. If you're making a movie, make a complete movie. Exactly. Yeah. But well, I, I think they did do well, whether, again, I still haven't read the book, but um, whether it's in the book or not, um, I love seeing the friendship of the boys, the four boys at the beginning when they're in school and they're all coming out of their classes and talking about Stanley's bar mitzvah. Um, it's, I teach middle school. So it's very, I'm pretty sure they're in middle school. I'm pretty sure they're not high schoolers. It is very, very much like, 12 year old boy talk you know like the dumbest like oh they chop off the tip of his dick oh then he won't have anything left then haha <laughs> like it's so real and I really love that they made it that way it's almost like they told those kids like okay here's here's basically what we want you to talk about go <laughs> you know because it just felt like kids wrote it yeah it was very funny and very ridiculous and it set the four of them up as friends very well it did, yeah. And I also like that during that scene, they took a little bit of extra time to set up side characters that are not really even side characters. They're more just background. They're not main side characters even. Like Greta Bowie and mm -hmm. Patrick Coxetter and the Bowers gang. Mm -hmm. While those four are walking through the hallway, they pan the camera to those people and show them and you get a feel of how those people are and how they interact yeah. even without them having to speak and the casting of those 
really tiny characters, especially Greta Bowie, I'll say, was great. She mm. sells Mean Girls so well that she could she star does. in a remake of Heather's, and I'd buy it. Oh, she should. <laughs> if they ever remake it, that I am all for that. She did. She did a really good job with that role. She she like I hated her, which is exactly what you needed out of that character. And I will say, I was terrified. I think I was more scared of not all of the Bowers gang, but uh, Henry. And then we see some crazy in, in Patrick's character too. Like that was creepier to me. Those kids and what they were capable of was way creepier to me than this fucking evil clown, you know? Yeah. So I think those are also, I think it was because of the acting. Yeah, they were also because of... Owen Teague as Patrick's body language is so weird and crooked. Yeah, yeah, he's a strange-looking boy. <laughs> he is. Boy, and- he's a man, I'm sure of it. I don't know how old that actor actually is, but he's definitely not a kid in, like, middle school or even fucking high school. <laughs> no. And Nicholas Hamilton as Henry did an especially great job if you have ever seen the actor. And yeah. he's just this, like, perky little Australian guy and then you're just like wait what (laughs) yeah I I remember hearing his accent for the first time and going what like because sometimes you can tell when somebody's forcing any accent you know for for a character I had no idea for him I would have 100% bought him as an American I didn't know at all that he was not that he had a different accent and then I heard him talk, and yeah, not only does he have an Australian accent, not only is he from Australia, but, like, he's so sweet and adorable, and you're like, how? How did you do that? Yeah. The other two in the gang were kind of a non-starter for me. Yeah. Belch really had nothing, and Vic did not fit in with this gang. Like, <laughs> at least as the time period goes, I guess in like 89, maybe Vanilla Ice was a thing a little bit. <laughs> but how do you put these three weird, violent hicks with a bleach blonde flash dance extra and then go, oh, yeah. well, that makes sense. Don't question yeah. it. Well, and I think I will back up um, something for Belch. I didn't care about him one way or the other, really, but. And which is good because I hated Belch in the first movie. I know we're not comparing, but but like I'm comparing. I hated him in the first one. Um, but in this, I think what I what I think was important that he brought to the movie was he seemed to be the only person that went Henry, what the fuck in multiple scenes where it was just like, no, like you're taking it too far. I mean, he always backed down because he was terrified of him, but he seemed to be the only person of this gang that was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like we were just teasing him and maybe we punched him a couple of times. We weren't going to fucking cut his belly open. I know I'm jumping scenes again, (laughs) but like, you know what I mean? Like, I think we needed that to see that even somebody that was close to Henry was starting to realize that Henry was losing his damn mind. Yeah, that's true. And when I say that he was a non-starter, it has nothing to do with the actor yeah he did a fine job doing exactly what they wanted him to do i just didn't think the character brought a lot yeah yeah i think that was literally the only point of him being there did we need it maybe not but 
I think it was a nice little addition to just be like, yeah, everybody realizes that he's going completely nuts more than he already was. Even that's somebody true. that's close to him. Yeah. And I appreciate him more now. There you go. Yay. I've done something good for that actor whose name I do not know. <laughs> um, we get to meet Beverly, though, soon after um, we meet the four boys. And her sass is kind of everything to me because she's bullied by these girls. And she's sitting on the toilet smoking a cigarette. She just kind of rolls her eyes, puts the cigarette out on the um, stall and while um, Greta is insulting her and blah, 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 she says something along the lines of basically like, choose your insult. Which one is it that I am? Am I a slut or, or do I not have friends or something like that? I don't remember which one it was. Um, and I love how bored she is. Clearly, she's been being tortured by these girls all semester for however long she's been there. I don't know how long she's been at school, but like they've been bullying her for a long time. This is an expected thing. She's not surprised by it at all. But she just is like, not again. You know what I mean? Like she's just so tired of their shit. And it immediately sets up, at least for me, a tough girl. And I enjoyed that. I liked that she wasn't immediately like, oh, she's being portrayed. She's going to sit in the stall and cry, you know? Yeah, but she also is jaded in that way, and Definitely. I like that she's got her own problem. Like, she walks out, and she's immediately ready to pick a fight with Ben, who mm-hmm. is just this clumsy boy who gets even clumsier because pretty girl. <laughs> yeah. And immediately, she thinks that this is going to be another thing where it's like, okay, what the fuck now? What do you have to say to me? Yeah. Yeah, she's very defensive and ready to just, she's ready not just to fight back. She's fighting him, even though he didn't do anything. No. And he's so adorable. It was very cute. It was so cute. The New Kids on the Block thing was amazing. I'm so glad they threw that in there. I wasn't even a New Kids on the Block fan. I think they were before my time. (laughs) But were they? I guess. I don't know. Um, but it was really cute that they had that exchange and she didn't tease him for listening to the band, even though she kind of like giggled at it a little bit and it it was cute. Yeah. And I do think it got her confidence up because he was clearly just a blushing mess. Yeah. And I think she needed that at that exact time. She did, yeah. And I think she also needed to see that, you know, not everybody's an asshole. Here's this really soft, sweet boy who not only clearly has a crush on you, you know, but is just, you can tell he's just a sweetheart in all ways. And then when she sees, when she takes his yearbook and is like, here, let me sign it for you. uh, She sees that he has no signatures. And I love that she doesn't say anything about it. That doesn't change anything. You know what I mean? Like she feels bad for him, but she's not like, oh no, nobody signed your yearbook. Like I'm going to make you feel worse by mentioning it. You know, she just puts your name on it and draws hearts. Cause apparently that's what you do when you're signing somebody's yearbook in middle school. <laughs> what I loved about that scene is in this movie, there are a lot of subtle references to the standpipe. Ben's Mm. project is a giant paper replica of it. 
the mm. postcard that Ben gives Beverly has the picture on the back, and the standpipe is where they have the final showdown with Pennywise. So there comes. <laughs> is it the final? <laughs> but they're consistently setting up that building as being so important to this town, mm -hmm. which makes it a little creepier because it's where the dead people are. Yeah. Yeah, they. I think they did a really good job of just building things up with little tiny touches like that just throughout the movie, and that's definitely one. Yeah. Uh, Pettywise does appear to each of the children one mm -hmm. by one, and mm -hmm. some of them were better than others. Mm -hmm. uh, Ben's was not great. <laughs> okay, Ben's could have been so much better because... It's in the library, and the librarian is a bitch, just like all of the adults in this town are. And she comes over here, and she's like, oh, you're in the library during summer. I would think a boy would want to be out with his friends. Don't you have any friends? I'm like, oh, my God, shut the fuck up. He wants to read. Let him read, you know? Like, give him the damn book and walk the fuck away. It's none of your business. Anyway, so she does that, and then she stands in the background looking hella creepy that woman might have been the scariest visual thing in the entire movie in my opinion anyway when she's just standing back there frozen with that creepy ass smile on her face staring at ben i thought she was going to attack him and like be pennywise you know what i mean especially since the book that he was given was about these yes. kids being blown up yeah and then they didn't do it. And I was like, are you serious? And then what they did instead, I was like, really? What the fuck? <laughs> I found in the original miniseries, mm. it, Ben's thing being his dead father morphing mm. into Pennywise to be very chilling. Yeah. And this little, the egg boy walking down the stairs, <laughs> not only was it supposed to be scary, but I could not stop laughing at the way it walks. Mm-hmm. But the way Ben follows the trail of smoking eggs is a very family guy, James Woods. Ooh, a piece of candy. Ooh, a piece of candy. <laughs> it's just like, hey, dumbass, what do you think you're doing at this exact moment? Do you think this feels right? Yeah. I, I'm, okay, so I'm wondering, because I feel like this happens to, I mean, we just talked about how it happened to Georgie, and now we're talking about it with Ben and how they make really dumb decisions. So I'm wondering, and I think I'm trying to just give them credit, but if Pennywise has them in some sort of a trance where they aren't able to realize that they're doing really, really fucking stupid things, even as 12-year-olds or however old they are, you know what I mean? Like, a 12-year-old should know better than to follow a trail of smoking eggs after, especially after seeing that shit in the book, you know, like you don't follow it. You maybe go talk to an adult or get the fuck out the library, you know, like I want nothing to do with it. I'm out of here. But it feels like they don't get the chance to make those kinds of decisions. And I, I don't think the first few times I watched it, I thought of that. But then later I was like, huh, I wonder if they just didn't, I, they weren't able to think clearly, you know? Because I would give George mm -hmm. a pass because not only is he younger, but he did think of it. And then Pennywise was like, but Bill's going to kill you. Yeah. 
so okay. he thought of it and then it was just like it's worth the risk maybe to not have bill get mad at me for losing this thing that bill doesn't care about <laughs> uh, yeah this piece of paper but uh-huh. ben is older it's a mm-hmm. much more obvious trap mm-hmm. and how pathetic do you have to feel when you're ben to have Mike tell you the story about how his Pennywise thing was his dead parents <laughs> yelling for his help and reaching for him while their skin burns off. And yours was like a picture you saw in a book of a person you don't know. Yeah. That's a good point. But I, you know, I will say um, I enjoyed the laugh um with the the body twitching, running after him. And I also did enjoy Pennywise's Egg boy. I was like, what the fuck? Like, really? That's that's what you're calling him? Lame. <laughs> He's so lame. It was so good, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, Stans is actually a creepy-looking thing. It is ter- I'm yeah. terrified of that fucking painting. I think what is creepy about it is that mm-hmm. the face moves when it's mm-hmm. not supposed to be moving. Mm-hmm. But right before Stan meets her, his father is accusing him of not being able to read the Torah and saying, you're going to embarrass me in front of all my Jewy friends. How terrible must it be <laughs> that the rabbi's kid can't read the Torah? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Dick? Yeah. But he's also right. Because uh, Stan yeah. has memorized all the vague sounds he's supposed to be making, but he's holding <laughs> the book upside down. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. <laughs> Well, so, yeah, but, like, I felt really bad for him immediately because, like, it's not like his dad is, I mean, I guess you can make the argument that he's abusive in one way or, any, or the other or whatever, but, like, I felt really bad for him because these expectations being placed on, and I feel like I'm going to get hate for this, but, like, being placed on such a young kid, can we stop trying to do that shit to our children? Like, that's not fair. This kid is in school. He's already going through puberty. He's got hella shit happening. I don't think he needs this pressure, Rabbi. Like, give him a fucking break, you know? Like, maybe he's trying. Especially because they never tell us this outright, but they sort of imply it. The character mm-hmm. has always had OCD in previous material. Yeah. And they sort of imply that he does here, too. And doing that to a kid with OCD Mm. is not helping. No. Yeah. And he, um, Wyatt Olaf, the actor, I think did a really good job when he, like, the painting falls and then he picks it back up and puts it back on the wall. And then the, the the woman in the painting is gone. And he immediately starts to panic naturally and then something falls behind him and i can't tell if the music that's playing the like flute music is supposed to be happening for him or just for us i couldn't tell but um whether or not he hears that something falls behind him and his face twitches and i think that's his literal only reaction just a face twitch and i'm like oh my gosh i can see just how terrified you are you almost pissed yourself just now and all that happened was something i mean obviously the painting thing but like something fell behind you you haven't even turned you haven't even seen it yet and it was really really well done i believe he can hear the flutes because in the painting judith was a flute player yeah that's why i thought but i just still didn't know if it was for us 
to figure it out or if it was happening for him. But yeah, it makes more sense for it to also be happening for him. This is around the point, though, where I started to be really disappointed in Pennywise. <laughs> uh-huh. In the old miniseries, when Pennywise initially revealed himself to most of the children, mm. it felt like he was looking for dinner. Yeah. I don't feel like when it revealed itself to these seven kids that it had any intention of eating any of them. Mm. He was just playing? Yeah, and it's <laughs> kind of lame. Yeah. Well, okay. I'll say I think Pennywise was trying to have a good time with Bill because, haha, I ate your little brother. <laughs> and so now I'm going to torture you. And then everybody else is like around him all the time. So it's like, yeah, sure. I'll have fun with those kids too. Why not? The more the merrier, you know? And then if he gets a meal out of it also, like that's just a bonus. That's great. But like these kids are a lot more difficult to get because they are more often together than like a lot of the other kids in town. Most of them are on their own or whatever. They're easier to trap. So Maybe. And these ones are so much more jaded, probably, and so much have so much more fucked up home lives. Because I'm going to say this, because uh, we kind of skipped it, because we're talking about everybody's different, like, experiences for the first time with Pennywise. And we'll continue that. But when Bill gets home, and um, he his dad is in the garage or whatever, and he goes in there, and his dad immediately starts to basically yell at him when he's trying to tell him like, hey, you know how my little brother is missing? I'm obsessed with that because he was my little brother, or is, I guess. Um, And like, clearly I've got some fucking problems and I'm spending all of my time on this shit. And here, let me show you dad. And the dad yells at him because bring this shit down before your mom sees. I'm sorry, this is a child, fuck the mother. Like, I'm sorry, <laughs> like kids come first, right? Like, that's a thing. I'm sure she's struggling with the loss of her son and all of that. But th- this he's a young child, you know? And it's so heartbreaking and it's so abusive that his dad yells at him, he's gone, he's dead. And I'm like, you can't do that to him. He, do you see his little face? Do you see what you just did to him? And so even though that, from the families that we see anyway, is probably the least abusive that we see. It is still so fucked up. So like these kids have the worst family lives ever. So for Pennywise, like scaring these kids is gonna take some damn work, you know? Well, not really though, because when it appears to them, they're all scared. (laughs) That's true. Well, I'll say this though. Okay. I feel like with the old miniseries, I told Mm. you, I felt like the first half, the kid half, Mm. was a coming-of-age movie about these kids defeating a clown. Yes. I feel like this movie is a movie about a clown being eventually defeated by some kids. But it's very much more clown-focused, and I don't know if that is good or not. Hmm. I, uh, this might be my bias again. I thought it was good because I wanted to know more about Pennywise's story. 
But we don't know any more we about don't get to. story. Yeah. We just see him fucking with the individual kids more. Rather than seeing the kids all together building their friendship, we yeah. just see them individually getting, like, boo. <laughs> yeah. And so we spend a lot more time on the scares. And nothing comes of any of them. And you're watching like an hour of this movie and you're just sitting there like, but nothing's happened yet. Yeah. Well, I also thought it was (sighs) the fact that it takes so long for these kids to tell each other about the shit that's been happening to them is a little strange to me too. Like, Okay, maybe you don't want to be the one to admit to your friends that you're scared because you don't want to be that kid. You know what I mean? Like, there's that whole peer pressure and trying to, like, feel tough or seem tough to your friends. I get that. But, like, these kids are losers. There is no cool for them. You know what I mean? Like, none of them are cool. (laughs) Especially if we're establishing that that group of four is so tight. Yeah. Because in the previous one, they kind of came together all that summer. It wasn't like four of them all together and then other people came. It yeah. was, you know, Bill and Eddie had a thing and then Ben came and started hanging out with them. And then Bev came and started hanging out with all of them. This one, these four seem very close and very tight. You hmm. would assume that they at least would feel comfortable enough to tell each other. And I think the only one that I would understand not telling the others would be probably Bill. Um, Because in this movie, just these characters in this specific movie, because like, I feel like Eddie is already so terrified of everything and they already know that. And then to see this thing, he didn't even have to go to them and be like, holy shit, I was so scared. He should, he could have just been like, holy shit, this fucking creepy ass thing was following me and blah 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 you know and then there was a clown or whatever like and sure Richie would have probably made fun of him no matter what but I don't get the feeling that Eddie really gives a shit if Richie makes fun of him like he makes fun of him and then Eddie has a comeback for it you know um maybe Stan didn't feel like he could tell anybody because he's like no there's a logical explanation but we don't get that logical explanation Stan in this movie like we did in the miniseries so I don't understand him not telling them about this creepy ass painting Bill I understand because he probably thinks he's losing his fucking mind because he just saw his little brother especially because they all look at him like they pity him constantly yeah exactly so yeah, it was weird. Um, you also said it's really easy to like scare them all. I feel like in both of the movies, except Richie, <laughs> I, well, I, d- I didn't buy anything they did with Richie and what he's scared of. I didn't buy movie. that Richie was scared of clowns. Nope. nope. It didn't come off right. Mm. He didn't actually come off as being afraid of clowns. He's surrounded by clown toys and mannequins and shit in that one scene. And he's just like, huh, creepy. Okay. And then he just walks forward through the room. Like, no, that's not what you do if you're scared. I love that one of the clown toys was old Pennywise. I know. It was so good. That was a creepy room. As somebody who is vaguely scared of clowns, I wouldn't have been able to walk through that room as an adult. So if you're telling me this child is scared of clowns and he's just walking through them and like no problem it doesn't make any sense 
I think they do a relatively good job of having it be like that was a lie and his real fear was going missing or being forgotten. Yeah. Or, but they don't say that. No. Um, this is a weird thing to say, but I think the 1990 movie was a little more subtle. Hmm. Because this one, if you remember the scene of Ben getting beaten up by the Bowers gang on the bridge and they're about to carve Henry's name into his belly and mm-hmm. Ben yells to a passing car for help and a red balloon appears in the car's back window as the people just ignore him. Yeah. This yeah. one makes it very clear that the clown is controlling the adults in this town right away. Mm-hmm. In the last movie, there were some chilling instances of the adults just not seeing things that I really liked. Yeah. But the clown just flat out told them, I'm in control. Nobody can see anything I don't want them to see. So it makes me question because all their parents are weirdly abusive. Like Eddie's mom has Munchausen by proxy. Henry's dad beats him. Bill's dad is verbally abusive. Beverly's dad is some kind of sexually abusive. Yeah. Some of the adults in the previous movie weren't cursed the same way others were. They were able to be helpful and to stop people from bullying. Mm -hmm. And in this one, I feel like that one scene with the balloon just completely took away every level of personal responsibility from these people where you have to wonder like if we're being told immediately that the town is under the thrall of this clown and that even during its resting season there's a dark presence influencing things mm. then the abusers are victims too which leaves no human in this movie yeah. responsible for anything they do and i don't like it i don't know if it's for not for anything oh, i guess so yeah because yeah never mind yeah yeah, if the clown is making them abusive, then it's not yeah. their fault that they're being abusive. Yeah. And I don't like that. I liked when it was a question of, is the clown doing it, or can they stop themselves, but their baser instincts are just open and they don't want to? I... I, and I like that too. I like that better too. I didn't look at it as like the clown is controlling literally everything everybody does in the town as, or like that the adults do maybe. Um, I saw it more like he's a or it is able to make them look away. It makes them like maybe it makes them too scared to do anything about it or it makes them just unable to in that moment I didn't look at it as like oh you know Beverly's dad being this you know sexually abusive father to her whatever kind of abusive father to her that she is every kind I guess um was because the clown made him that way I thought that was just how they were but what I thought just now when you were saying that is if these parents have lived in this town long enough then weren't they kids probably when Pennywise last attacked? Uh, possibly. If they lived in that town, it would have been 27 years ago. Yeah, so then maybe they had some sort of experience with the clown, which then, and this still gives them human responsibilities as adults, so I like this idea better, but like, 
maybe that fear and the way that they were fucked up as kids turned them into what they are now as adults being abusive. It still doesn't excuse the abusive behavior. You know what I mean? It's still a decision and a choice that you're making. But like, maybe the reason why so many of the parents are so fucked up is because of being in the town last time this happened. Possibly. But every time you see the parents, almost... Mm. There is, they're watching TV and there's a brainwashing oh. televangelist. Fuck, and, that thing was creepy. <laughs> yeah. It, it's just showing their parents watching the show and the woman's encouraging children to play in the sewers. Yeah. And they're just sitting there staring blankly at it every time yeah. you see them. They're being constantly brainwashed. Yeah, that's true. I'm still going to think of it as like they just were, weren't were able to do anything because of fear rather than Pennywise. Because, it, yeah, it kind of ruins everything. Yeah, if, if, it's, if it's just Pennywise is in charge, so they can't do anything. Not only so they can't do anything, but so they're all evil all the time. They're abusive parents, but it's just because that's how the town is. Yeah. And it takes away that that level of human responsibility. Everybody is a victim and it's a different experience that I don't prefer. Yeah, I agree. So let's ignore that. (laughs) I haven't thought of it. So (laughs) in that case, let us ignore that and talk a little bit more Mm. about Pennywise as Georgie in Um. Bill's basement. That was actually a good setup of suspense of bill in george's room and then hearing things and seeing muddy footprints and yeah see and i think he did think he was going crazy because like even his parents are like we're not going to talk about it and his friends are so sad for him and they pity him and all of that and so he's just he feels so alone in this even though he does go to his friends and they are helping him and whatever um like he feels so alone and he feels so responsible for what happened that he feels like it's it's what's making him see and hear things that are happening right at the at the beginning anyway and probably through that whole experience with pennywise mm-hmm. but i loved that scene it's not my favorite scene but it's one of my favorite scenes It's a great one, especially because while that kid was not particularly anything as a live Georgie, he's so good (laughs) as dead Georgie. He was, yeah. Giggling into screaming Yule Floats here. So good. Decomposes. Yeah. Oh, I loved that so much. He's such a good actor, that little boy. Because I know that eventually they do like the voiceover and they fuck with his voice. But at the beginning, it's just him. You know, yeah. and it is, I think that's creepier than when they start to mess with the sound of his voice because it it's a child, you know, oh, it was so good. And like my heart breaks so many times for Bill in this entire movie, like, and the actor too has the poutiest lips and the saddest <laughs> eyes. So every time you look at him, you're like, no, baby, no, no sadness for you. Please be happy Just smile, you know, because like. Already he's a he's a young child who's going through so fucking much. But then on top of that, the actor looks that way. So you just feel even worse for him. They actually made it less scary, I think, though. Because in the original trailer of that scene, when Pennywise comes up out of the water, 
his mm. reflection doesn't have eyeballs, just empty eye sockets. Ooh. And I was so creeped out by that. But yeah. that was just a problem, like a mistake, and they fixed it in post, and they oh, they should have eyes in the theatrical release. But I thought mm. it was so much scarier before. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I still thought it was pretty creepy. I think every time Pennywise moves in, like, fast forward, basically, towards somebody when he's attacking is funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in that scene especially, he, like, he falls to the stairs after Bill, but he can't go up the stairs, so then he just smiles and slithers away. And I was like, what was the point of that? That wasn't scary. That was just stupid. He wasn't actually trying to get him, and it was lame. Yeah. You should have just splashed him with dirty water for all that did anything. (laughs) Well, and we will talk about Pennywise's faults in in a lot of detail, I'm sure. We will. Um, Do you want to talk about dirty water more? Let's talk about dirty water. What what do they call it? Gray water. Yeah. Uh, They go Splashing around and... Go ahead. <laughs> they go to the Barrens because Bill has decided via his hamster wheel tricks in his garage <laughs> that uh-huh. if George actually made it all the way through the sewer system, he would have been washed out there. Yes. And that's a great scene for setting up all four of them as people with Stan thinking that everything is poison ivy <laughs> and yelling at them about how it's all infected water and Richie making jokes. And it's uh-huh. also where my favorite quote comes from. Oh, okay. Do so. um, Richie and Eddie are bickering about how Richie found some gross thing of clothes and he picked it up with his stick. <laughs> and... Eddie yells, I can smell that from here. And the response is, it's probably just your breath wafting back into your face. (laughs) It's so dumb. It really is. It's the funniest quote in the movie. I think in general, Richie's lines were the best things about this movie. And I remember the first time I watched it and then I like started teaching. I either had already started teaching or I started teaching right after. I can't remember. And I had a student that was the Richie of my school and he loved the movies. And so every time I would see him, he would make, he would like quote the movie at me, Richie lines at me. Cause he knew I loved the movie so much, you know, and he, every time he did it, you got to imagine like Richie wasn't saying G rated things or even PG rated things. And as a teacher, you're not supposed to allow that kind of language. So I had to pull this kid aside and be like, look, Richie's hilarious and so are you, but stop. You can't do this in my class because I'm laughing and that's not cool, dude. (laughs) But yeah, he made me laugh, I think, through the entire movie. Because even if it was just him yelling at Stan in that scene of like, not everything's poison ivy, Stanley. Like, even that was hilarious, you know, because it was so well-timed and of course, now for some reason that actor's name I can't remember, but like he did a really good job with Finn that too. Wolfhard. Thank you, Finn Wolfhard. All of his fans, I'm sure, hate me now. But um, I actually found Eddie funnier because I think he had overall a different type of humor. Mm-hmm. Um, he was constantly terrified and hyperactive, mm-hmm. but 
when Ben gets cut and his cut is potentially infected, he starts talking about how you have to amputate things. But <laughs> then he very panic goes, how do you amputate a waist? <laughs> and yeah. That line is something that is special. And I think it's the most special thing that is said. Yeah. Yeah. I, I overall love their bickering back and forth. There's that, um, scene is it when they're already in the sewers yeah they're already in the sewers and Richie and Eddie are arguing it's that whole thing of arguing about the water being dirty and all of that and then Stanley's just shown rolling his eyes like this is just how they always are he's so used to it it's not it doesn't bother him at all he's just like okay can we just please like enough when are you guys going to be done um I think that's what makes Eddie my favorite character though because in part he is one of the funniest but he's also like the mom friend yeah he is the quickest one to comfort other people to make sure that they're not hurt and also he's the first one to ever notice every single time someone gets away from the group yeah you're right oh he's the mummy I, I think um, what I really like about Eddie is how when we see him with his mom and how his voice is little and I love you, mommy, or whatever that whole thing happens, that yeah. goes so quickly from that to shut the fuck up, I will fucking kill you, Richie. I mean, he doesn't say those <laughs> words, but basically, you know? Much. And, and I really enjoy how quickly he goes back and forth between those two things and then just Eddie being nice to everybody else and then like when he is trying to help um seal up I guess um uh Ben's stomach he like if Richie's bugging him from the side and doing voices and accents and shit and he's just like could you not do that because I know what I'm doing and I, I can't concentrate when you're doing British guy or whatever it is and it's so funny because he is yeah, like you assert yourself sis yeah like he's so good at just handling richie i guess which like they all are in their own ways but most of the others even once the others get closer to them most of their ways of dealing with richie is just to ignore him mm-hmm. like stan literally grabbing his wrist and putting his hand down when he's trying to get a high five like no that's not happening right now um that's funny, but though. yeah it was funny but yeah, they they all just kind of ignore him. Richie, I mean, Eddie is like, he snaps back, which I like. He does. Richie, of course, decides to bond with Ben by, I'm glad I got to meet you before you died. <laughs> yep. And the other three go into the store to try and get material to patch him up, which is where they meet Bev. And it makes me sad that Mr. Keene, who was nothing but a nice man in the previous one, also has to be creepy. Because like every <sighs> adult has to be creepy now. Yeah. I but there, go ahead and then I'll say what I was gonna say about him. He is checking out a girl that is the same age as his fucking daughter. Yeah. And that makes me sad for that girl. Because we know Henry Bowers is how he is because of how Butch Bowers is with him. Mm-hmm. Why is she the way she is? Mm. Don't want to know. Don't want to think about it. Nope. And I think a couple of things. First of all, this is already a difficult enough experience for this girl because clearly this is her first time trying to pick out like tampons or pads or whatever. 
And so she's already feeling uncomfortable. She has to be in the pharmacy, which is the girl who bullies her dad's pharmacy, you know? Um, so this whole experience is not easy for her anyway. Um, and then she, her knowing that all she has to do is go up and flirt with this adult man pharmacist guy person that like it'll work that she knows that hurts me that is like that that scene that's I mean aside from obviously he's a creep and I hate him but like it hurts me so much to know that she knows that she isn't thinking like oh it might work or oh maybe I'll try this and let's see what happens or whatever no she fucking knows it's gonna work and it's yeah. it's it's a lot yeah and it's just that whole town and honestly i feel like it's kind of too much mm. yeah we it, didn't need that one too yeah like when you stack everything on top of everything on top of everything it kind of kills the impact of finding out that bev's dad is a pedophile yeah to have everybody be a pedophile yeah well, but. I guess they needed a way for the boys to trust her and to let her into their little loser gang because she helps them out, which I love, by the way. These kids went in there like, okay, yeah, we need all these things to fix him up. How much money do we have? Like $2? What the fuck? Like, what kind of a plan was this, boys? <laughs> but I love that she helps them out. That that's It is nice that they built it that way, that she is willing to just, I mean... Okay, she's willing to help these boys that she doesn't really know, except that we find out that she does know Bill. Um, but I like that she, that's not where it ends, because I thought that's where it was going to end, like they were going to have that and then like see each other again later. Um, and I'm glad that she ends up showing up and seeing Ben, because I think they did a really good job in this movie, building things between Ben and Bev as children. And that it felt like the flirtation and the crush might have gone both ways. I disagree completely. Ooh, okay. I thought that the way Bill obviously had a crush on her was super cute. Mm. And I think Ben's crush on her was also very cute. But mm. her thing back to him felt like friendly flirting, like how she flirt with Richie. Mm-hmm. And her thing with Bill seemed like she was actually interested in him. Even when she found out that Bill didn't write the poem, she was still like, well, this is the one I like anyway, so it doesn't yeah. really matter. I, I liked, maybe it's because I wanted so much that for Bev and Bill to be friends, like in this movie, because they were equally tough. And they were the two that were like, yeah, we got to do this. Like Bev continuously was the person who was like, well, we can't just leave him. Like we have to do something, you know, like we have to step in and we have to, like she was so fearless and he was such a leader and he was also fearless, you know? And I mean, he had reason to be because it was his whole plan anyway, but I like that a lot. And I think I thought they worked together well in that way. And just knowing movies and relationships in movies like that always ruins things when there's actual attraction between people. <laughs> so I didn't want that to get ruined. But I'm glad it wasn't like a big thing in this movie. 
does it help that he was the worst leader in the entire world? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it helps nothing that he was the worst leader in the entire world. He yeah. was, he had, he had a good heart. Yes, he did. He had a good heart that I will give him. Yeah. Um, he didn't have a good brain. Mm-mm. None but... of them did, really. No. <laughs> um. Bev encounters Pennywise next. Mm. Well, before he she encounters Pennywise, that's when she gets home with her tampons, and Daddy sees her. Don't call him Daddy; it's worse. <laughs> she calls him Daddy. That's why I said it that way. But he's an asshole. He is the worst kind of asshole. He like, oh, I wanted to punch him so much throughout he's the entire movie. He's the worst movie. character in this movie, but the actor does such a great job. He's so good, yeah. Because if I saw so... that man on the street, I would punch him. He <laughs> was the worst and the most gross. But mm-hmm. as far as selling actual danger and threat level, he did it better than Pennywise. I agree. Yeah. She so she comes home and he touches her hair. Well, she see he sees what she's bought, and he's like, "Oh, it, like a father shouldn't talk to their daughter about her period." I'm sorry, just don't do it. Like, okay. like, hey, I'll take you to buy tampons or whatever. Fine, but like, don't be like, "Oh, you, I'm, I'm afraid you're not going to be my little girl anymore." Or whatever. I don't remember okay. what he says exactly. Yeah, I'm gonna disagree with you. Okay. If you are a father and your daughter is starting her period, I don't think there's anything wrong with telling her that it's normal and natural and that it's a thing that young ladies go through and that this is how you're supposed to take care of it and taking her to get her things. Mm-hmm. Saying, I'm afraid you're not going to be my little girl anymore. It's <laughs> not a father talking to a daughter about her period. It's a yeah. guy trying to molest his kid. Be factual. Don't throw in any emotion. None. Yeah. And Leave the you emotion are, out of it. as a father, completely within your rights to talk to your daughter about bodily functions. Yeah. But do not make it creepy. Yeah. I guess that's what I was going for more. Yeah. Talk to them, help them feel comfortable with it, and help them go get their things, whatever they need. But, like, do not – just no emotions, please. No, oh, my little girl is growing up. Please don't do that. Parents in general just don't do that, please. Okay, uh, like my as, little girl is growing up is kind of like cringy, but at least it isn't like yeah, it's not creepy. But yeah. I still, I'm still encouraging parents. I know I'm not a parent, so who the fuck am I to say anything? But I have been a kid who has dealt with it with my mom, and I don't want to fucking hear it. No kid wants to hear their parent be like, "Oh, my baby is growing up. Shut up." Shut the fuck up. I just started my period. My vagina is bleeding. Leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> like, so don't say anything. advice from your friends. <laughs> you know, the non-parent host of the show is going to tell you how to parent. Um. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, she, he touches her hair. And then that scene where she's in the bathroom chopping her hair off is so powerful. I don't know what it is about scenes where girls cut off their hair like angrily cut off their hair really gets me i don't know why to be able to see either the absolute dead blankness of it or Mm -hmm. the over emotion though because Mm -hmm. if they don't sell it right then it just doesn't look right yeah and i think she did the over emotion of it and um she i don't know 
why she's saying what she's saying to herself in the mirror while she's doing it, but she says, this is what you did. This is what you've become. And I don't know if she's talking to herself. I don't know if she's talking to her father. Like if she's saying that to her father, you know, I think but she's it's, saying it to her father, but not directly to him. Yeah. That's what I thought. But the, like, this is what you've become. Is it, was it, this is what you've become or this is what you've made me become? I might've misheard it, but I thought it was, this is what you've become. And that's what confused me. But I feel like, okay, here's the thing. I don't feel like they explain the background of these characters well enough or show us the background of these characters well enough, because at least at this point, we don't know shit about her mom, right? I don't know if in this movie, we ever really get to know anything about her mom. In this movie, no, they don't talk about her mom at all. Yeah, and it's like, and I think that was a, a, a really good thing for me having seen the first one or the like old one, the miniseries one, um, and then going back and rewatching this one. It made shit click a little better for me. Mm-hmm. Whereas originally watching it, I had no idea what had happened with her mother. And so this is even if she is saying this is what you've become to her father like it makes more sense now because maybe he wasn't always like that again I haven't read the book so I don't know all the details but like it made me feel like it was like you have become this monster since mom died yeah you know what I mean so that now makes sense but in this movie alone I was confused by it I was like she's talking to herself like this is what I've become because I became a woman you know like I couldn't tell I was confused by it yeah and then they Mm -hmm. go straight from that very powerful very emotional scene that sophia lillis did a great job with by the way she really did yeah to a cut from pennywise stars in evil dead (laughs) her cut off hair comes back out of the sink (laughs) to pull her face first into a spurting fire hose of blood (laughs) Yep. What? What's wrong with that? (laughs) Of course, the whispering of voices up from the bathroom drain. Mm -hmm. So cheesy, but lovely. Yep. (laughs) And of course, mm -hmm. we didn't talk about this, but one of the voices is the recently deceased Patrick Hoxton. Yes. He did, in fact, die in the sewers. I don't know how, because I don't believe for a second that he was scared of that zombie of Betty Ripsom, and they don't explain why that was something he was afraid of. Yeah, I don't know how it got him. I do think that, because he, like, yells or whatever, and, like, when he gets scared of actual Pennywise, when he sees Pennywise, like, as a clown, Um, and I thought that was a good use of like making us feel that Pennywise is as scary as he is like I still am not scared of Pennywise but I understand people's fear of Pennywise in this because of Patrick's reaction because like I said earlier he's fucking creepy (laughs) so like if he's scared maybe I don't know I I think that whole thing was weird I don't know why they even gave us that and not that I didn't like it but I don't know why they killed off Patrick necessarily you know what I mean like what was the point of that scene 
They needed to kill him off, I think, to isolate Henry more because the other two were not going to be any help in a rock fight and Patrick <laughs> would not have backed down. Yeah. But I feel like they could have established literally anything that he was even minorly afraid of in one of the previous scenes mm. to give it a little bit of something that made it seem less generic. Yeah. Yeah, they I I how was a 2 hour long movie lacking so much is I think my question. I can answer that, but I will answer that slightly later on. Okay. Cuz here's the shitty thing about it for me first experience or first few experiences before I saw the miniseries didn't feel like I was missing anything I mean there was shit missing clearly I didn't connect some stuff and like I didn't understand some stuff but I didn't it didn't affect my viewing of the movie watching the miniseries and then re-watching this I was like well fuck you <laughs> so yeah oh well you win some you lose some I guess mm. but yeah um I, I like that they threw in his voice and I think it was because they could have easily thrown in Georgie too, but they all like Pennywise didn't, wouldn't want to do that because this girl is friends with Bill and Pennywise still wants to use Georgie to haunt him to make him think that maybe Georgie is still alive. And if Georgie's voice was one of the voices that Bev heard, then maybe Bill wouldn't have believed it. You know, she definitely would have told him immediately. Yeah, absolutely. And I then he wouldn't have was ready it. for that. Yeah. Um, I kind of love that they made Ben a weird conspiracy theory nut job with all like the flowcharts and shit on his walls. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then when they all walk into the room, Ben's like, it's cool, huh? And Richie's like, no, no, not cool. And then he looks at something else and is like, oh, that's cool. No, no, that's not cool either. <laughs> yeah, they're all a little bit scared of Ben when they go in. And it's a very weird thing. And they're all just looking at it like, this is how you live. Yeah. But I'll say this. Mm -hmm. I get why you'd have a tapes of no New Kids on the Block. Because you like their music and still be straight. <laughs> yes. I don't understand the poster. No, uh, I don't either. But I thought it was cute that Bev saw it and then was just like, like just silently gave him a look and they just like looked at each other and then she just closed or opened the door up again and just didn't say anything about it. Yeah, it was very cute that she didn't rat on him. But yeah, but yeah, I don't know why he would have make it. Sense. No. But I do think there are some beautiful, beautiful Richie lines in, in that whole scene. Richie, I think Richie, Richie and Stan, kind of, because he, um, Ben is, well, first of all, Richie says, nerd alert, and Ben stands up for himself, which is great, because, like, no, actually, it's really cool or interesting or whatever. And then he starts to explain how it used to be, I believe, a beaver trapping town. Um, Derry did. And then... Um, Richie goes, still is, am I right, boys? And he tries to get a high five and gets nothing. And then later, Stanley asks something along the lines of, like, why would he have all this, like, wh what the hell? I don't, I didn't fully catch what he says because it's kind of in the background. And Richie's response is, I don't know. Maybe he's just trying to make some friends, Stanley. 
And I thought that was so like stupid and pointless yeah. and so funny. And I'm not sure if that was written in or just like the actors improvising, but it was, I thought it was a little, a good little touch. <laughs> yeah. And Hey, it did work. He did make some friends kind of. That's true. Yeah. And- not kind of, they saved his life. Okay. Eddie saved his life. He <sighs> did. And what I find funniest about Ben in this movie is he takes a lot of physical damage and he's always relatively <laughs> chill about it. Yeah. Because it's, it's, I think it's later when Richie says this, but um, he says, uh, this motherfucker is bleeding hamburger helper. And that poor boy gets his stomach sliced open multiple times. And not only is Richie the biggest asshole in the world, and I think that's a funny line, but like, yeah, how are you so tough that this has happened to you? Like, Henry punches him, then starts to carve his name into his stomach, and then he kicks him in, like, I believe the chest area, and like, uses that force to flip off of him, roll down a hill, and then like, run off. Pennywise gouges his stomach open and then yeah. he rides his bike home. Yep. No problem. He's fine. It's like, god damn. That is, <laughs> like, I get a paper cut and I'm just like, oh. <laughs> I knock my purse against the wall and I say, ow, reflexively. Yeah. And he gets stabbed and it's just like, oh, okay. That happens. Yeah, I guess I'll just ride my bike home now. Uh, Henry also... I still haven't even gotten to my favorite line, but Henry having to do with that whole scene where he's, you know, going to carve his name in to Ben's stomach. Um, Belch is telling him like, Henry, that's enough or whatever. And he gets all angry and yells, I'll carve my whole name onto his cottage cheese. And I believe he also, yeah. And he also says something about cutting his tits off when he (laughs) runs off. I'm just like, why are you such an asshole? But also, why are you funny? Why are you so funny? I am a very fat person, so I'm allowed to say this. (laughs) Probably. I don't know. Um, Probably not. (laughs) Hawks that are calling him tits is ridiculously funny. It is. I'm not a fat person. Can I agree? No. (laughs) Dang it. Uh, The funniest thing about Patrick, though, happens after he's already dead. Okay. They put up a missing poster for him, and it says he's 15 oh, years old. Yeah, like, okay. He's 24. <laughs> yeah, at least. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I think in general, I enjoyed the, like, they're bullies. I'm not supposed to enjoy the bullies. I'm aware, but I enjoyed the bullies. I enjoyed the scenes that the bullies were in, even like this is going way back to the beginning of the movie. But when they first come and attack the four of the four boys and like Patrick takes his uh, or takes stands. um, Oh, shoot. I don't know what it's called. Thank you, Yamaka. I was trying so hard not to insult anybody. His Yamaka and calls it a Frisbee, I believe, and then throws it like a Frisbee into the bus. And I'm just like, how are you that bully? Like, how are you a psychopath? Because I can see it in your damn eyes. And yet your reaction to these kids that you bully daily is to take his Yamaka and throw it like a Frisbee. (laughs) What? It's small time bullying until they start getting to Ben and Mike. 
Mm, yeah, those are the two that get the worst of it. Yeah, I'll say this about Henry. I like mm-hmm. him in the same way that I liked Jake from Evil Dead 2. He's such an asshole, dirty little <laughs> hick. But yeah. in such a delightful way that makes him a good bad guy. Well, also, we get to see Henry with his father. And we'll talk about that soon. But we get to see him and the shit that he goes through. So it helps me kind of understand why he is the way that he is. The same way that we understand why the the like the losers are as fucked up as they are, we get to see why he is fucked up the way that he is. I mean, clearly he has some mental issues too on top of the abuse, but like I'm not saying I'm excusing his behavior. I'm just saying that if this was a kid that I had to deal with in my school, I would be really concerned about him. Like, I'd be concerned about other people, too, like the other kids, but I'd be concerned about him, too. You know what I mean? Like, I would feel bad for him, and I would want to get him some sort of help. Especially because, because, fuck, he, like, he declines so much. Because he tells Bill at the beginning, like, um, basically, like, I took it easy on you because of your little brother disappearing. But that that time's over now. Like, I gave you some time to grieve, okay? I was being fucking nice. Like, what? What kind of bully is nice to the kid that they're bullying because their brother went missing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I don't... It was... And then also him licking his hand and then, like, sliding it over Bill's face. It's one... It's the thing I was talking about with Patrick. Like, how is that you bullying him? That would be bullying Eddie, but not Bill. Yeah, it didn't make sense. That's why Belch's burp into Eddie's face was... That makes sense. Yeah. He gags on it, so... Um, when they stumble down the hill the the Bowers gang does after Ben and Henry loses his father's knife and he panics and he like he that's I think the start of him going completely nuts he his panic and again it is the way that nicholas hamilton portrays it but like he panics so hard and he is so scared he goes from i'm gonna carve my name into your belly i'm gonna kill you to my dad's gonna kill me find my fucking knife you guys go get him you why are you still standing there find my fucking knife like he is so terrified even in this moment where a second ago he was the one in charge you know in the deleted scenes they make it very clear that his father whips him but mm. before they even get to him interacting with his father on screen directly mm-hmm. they set it up where he's bullying the main four and then his father just looks at him and he immediately yeah. shrinks back and he loses the knife, and he's just terrified. And you know at that point that that's not a normal relationship. Yeah, no. And see, that's the kind of thing that I'm talking about, where it's like, I get it. Like, what he's doing is not okay. How, However, like, what, like, what the fuck kind of household are these people from, you know? And I mean, yeah, Bev is being abused at home and she's not out there bullying other people, but you can't compare people to each other when they've been abused. The way you react when you're abused is your reaction. It's, I'm not, again, I'm not saying it's okay. I'm just saying you can't compare and say this is how you should act as an abused um, person, you know? No, not at all. 
know. And I think they did that better here. Because, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't remember in the miniseries seeing anything really about Henry's family life or home life. In the miniseries, you don't see anything about Henry's family life, but also most of these people, from what we see at least, don't seem like they're from abusive families. Bev clearly still is, because they make it very clear. But in this one, it's just like everybody is being abused. And yeah. it's too much abuse. Yeah, I agree. It's it's different types of abuse. I mean, we don't get to see in this one Ben's family, I believe. Um, and Richie's no. family. And we did see Ben's family in the last one. In the last one, yeah. But, but I mean, like, in this one, we don't get to see their families, but... Ben's got his issues. Oh, I, I guess we don't know that in, in this one, but we know that he's like moved around, right? Yes. Uh, and so we know that like his parents must, or his, we know he has a mom, but that's from the other one. But like his mom must not be around much. So he's on his own. And then with Richie, like if you look at that kid and his behavior, clearly his parents aren't taking care of him. I don't need to see that to know that, you know? So the, even they're being abusive in some way, not the same way, again, as the others, but. But Ben's mom has never been in his room and seen his wall of murder. That's so... true. Yeah. That's a good point. You would imagine if you had a child and you saw the wall of murder, especially because she did not grow up in dairy. So she has very new dairy hypnotism on her. Yeah. You'd figure you'd look at that and be like, Hey, um, do you want like eight more new kids on the block posters tomorrow? <laughs> yeah. But no. Nope. I mean, maybe like single mom, busy. I mean, not a good excuse, but no. Better than nothing, I guess. I don't know. It is better than nothing. <laughs> um, going from the most depressing topic ever, though. <laughs> uh huh. This movie had. An incredible GIF moment. Ooh, okay. Mike is running away from the Bowers gang, and they're advancing on him, and they pummel him to the ground and start beating the shit out of him. And he looks up and sees Pennywise beating a <laughs> child. And Pennywise looks quite bashful at having been caught, and then waves with Eddie Corcoran's <laughs> severed arm. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> It's so stupid. Like, I don't know why the the scenes that are supposed to be creepy always end up being the funniest scenes in this movie. Because I'm pretty sure they were going for creepy with that, right? There's no way that wave was supposed to be creepy. He smiles. Mm, That's true. But maybe that's what's supposed to be creepy. Uh, Like, there's a severed arm in his hand that he is eating. And then he uses that to wave at you and smiles all, all nicely. But the whole, like, the whole setup of it is creepy. Like, if you saw that, you would be creeped the fuck out. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, but generally, if you saw that, the thing that was eating the person wouldn't be like, Hi, my name's Penny. This is Eddie. Say hi, Eddie. Hi, Eddie. <laughs> well, I hope it will. You know, if it's, if it's Bill Skarsgård. Dressed up as a clown or not, 
I might not mind so much. Um, Actually, I'm pretty sure the scene that I just created was written for Tim Curry's Pennywise. <laughs> you can tack that onto the end of the library scene from the previous one. It would have worked. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, I do have to go back to a scene, though, because I thought they had a really good opportunity for something that they missed. Um when they're in uh, entering the tunnels and Bill and Richie are already in there and that whole thing happens and then Bill finds a shoe and then it turns out that it's Betty, I don't remember her last name, Ripsom, thank you, Betty Ripsom's shoe. And they're all like, holy shit, holy shit. And basically they're complaining about it. And then Richie's like, how do you think Betty feels running around these tunnels with only one freaking shoe? And then they all just kind of look at him like, really, Richie? And I think that would have been such a great place for beep, beep, Richie. And they didn't fucking use it. And, you know, I didn't care until I watched the miniseries. (laughs) The only reason I care is because later on when Pennywise reveals himself to Richie and attacks him in the Neville house, he says, beep, beep, Richie. But that means nothing to us because it was never previously set up. So it's just like something out of nowhere that means nothing they should have set it up at least somewhere if they were going to use it later or just never used it yeah and i think that scene would have been the perfect one to use that for because here's this really serious like sad and terrifying scene for these kids and he's cracking jokes about a girl that's probably dead um and like any of them could have said it and it would have worked fine maybe not bill no (laughs) they actually went back to Betty Ripsom a lot and I don't know why she was like the special chosen one but Mm. she was the one that the cops were talking to the mother of at the beginning they found her shoe Mm. she was corpses that attacked Patrick in the sewer yep she was one of the corpses in the televangelist broadcast she I believe was one of the voices that spoke to Bev from the sewer she was and of course in the Niebolt house when Richie and Bill open a door, there's a little girl's voice going, where's my shoe? Oh, God. Yeah. Which was perfect. It really was. Yeah, I don't know why she was a special one either. Maybe, like, was she the first? Well, no, she wasn't. Georgie was the first one, wasn't she? He. I don't know. They Actually, we don't know the order. Yeah, so maybe she was the first one, and that's why. In the book, the order is completely different, so I couldn't uh, okay. even guess. But I believe they said she had been missing for less time than George. Hmm. So no, that doesn't make sense either. But hey, they're using Georgie enough already, so. Yeah, that Um, would be a different, it would hit differently to use. Yeah. Yeah. And I did think when I first watched it that they were going to make that be Georgie's shoe. And I was like, oh, fuck. And then I saw the name. I was like, okay, good. Please go alone for like another scene, at least, please. Um. Eddie also, Eddie and Stan, but Eddie is the one who starts it and like what he says hits hardest um, because they find the shoe and they're all freaking out and he, they don't, Stan and Eddie already didn't want to go in anyway. And then he says like, he do, he starts to say he doesn't want to end up like Georgie. And I, what I love is he starts with no offense, Bill, because every time somebody says no offense, they're going to offend you, right? So... It's so heartbreaking because he catches himself and he tries to fix it. And then Stan agrees too. And Bill's like, you too. And he's like, he's so sad about it. And Richie looks at him like, I don't know. I'm, I'm already here. Like I'm, I'm going, you know? 
Yeah. Um, and it's it's nice that he has Richie there, but like you can see just like how alone I guess Bill feel, feels in that moment of just okay, I have a reason to be here. I know why I want to find them and like figure it out, but why they don't too, you know. But he's so sad that his friends have decided to just be like, yeah, fuck this. We're not doing this. It's summer, which we'll get there. We'll get to that scene later. (laughs) We will. I do think Bill spent too much time in denial. And it's understandable on one hand, but the longer the movie goes, it kind of starts to drag. It does, but I only liked it because his parents are forcing him to just let go and so he is the only person who's trying to keep like hope alive and I feel like when you're the only person who's just like no there's still a chance you have to hold on to that even more you know what I mean I don't know if that makes sense but I feel like that it it does drag and it gets to the place where it's just like okay is he okay (laughs) yeah I'm not saying it's unrealistic I'm saying that it gets to the point in the movie where you're just like okay, I get it. Something Mm -hmm. else now. What I will say to jump to the like ending scene sort of um, is it is very sudden when we realize that he has accepted that Georgie is dead. And it happens in a really creepy way. Because you're right, it does drag on. And I don't know if that was an intentional choice. But for me, at least, at least from what I remember, and from the way that the scene hit me when I watched it again like his realization and what he does with it at the end and I don't know if I want if we should talk about it already or if we'll come back to it when we get to that scene but like he realizes it and then suddenly makes a decision and you're like whoa what the fuck dude because you're still thinking that he's holding on to that yeah um If you want to talk about summer, we should talk about the Um, projector. Yes, please. Um, They get a bunch of maps of Derry to try and find the well house, Mm -hmm. which turns out to just be the Nevolt house, which is where Eddie first saw the leper of Pennywise. Oh, can I ask a question about that? Before we move to the actual projector scene, because the leper says, or Pennywise, whatever, says, Eddie, what are you looking for? Yes. I don't get that, and I don't know if that's something that, like, is from the book that I don't get. Oh, no. In the book, the leper basically offers him a blowjob. Okay, well. (laughs) Hey, lepers. No. Yeah. Eddie stops in front of the house because his alarm on his watch goes off and it's time to take his pill so Mm -hmm. he's digging through his fanny pack (laughs) and what are you looking for seems to be a reference of like do you think that's gonna cure you Mm, okay that makes more sense i wasn't sure like what i wasn't sure i didn't get it (laughs) i don't think that scene hit the way some of the others did it didn't i i just thought it was funny because while the leper looked creepy and disgusting well not creepy just disgusting really the way that it runs 
when I guess he runs when he's chasing Eddie and then the way he says Eddie is just hilarious to me I couldn't take it seriously even for a second and while I get that Eddie would have been terrified of it I don't think it was like I'm gonna die fear it was I mean it was I'm gonna die but not like you're gonna attack me and kill me more like I'm gonna get your diseases mm-hmm. which and- I would be too God. True. <laughs> and in that scene, though, Pennywise mm. calls Eddie Eds. Yeah. Which is another odd thing that they decided to change. In the book, that was Richie's thing. And in the movie, it's basically only Bill's thing. And I'm not entirely sure why they would change that because it didn't seem to come huh. to any points. Yeah. Well,. Also, in the miniseries, and maybe in the book, I'm not sure, they very clearly built up a very close friendship between Bill and Eddie, that they were friends longer and that they were closer to each other and all of that. I didn't see that for one second in this one. And I'm not sure why they decided to make that difference. I like I don't know necessarily that it, the, there was that pairing off that I could easily pick out, pick out in this one, like I did in the first one, or in the miniseries, I mean. But I don't know why they would decide to not make Bill and Eddie closer. Because then the Eds maybe would have made sense, like why they would have decided to change that, even though in the book it was Richie that said it. But then here, Richie and Eddie were closer, so it should have been Richie that said it. And I don't don't know. It makes no sense. (laughs) It's like they just mixed everything up and it went, okay, I don't know what effect you were going for. It didn't work, though. Well, I even understand changing things up from the book if you really need them. But Mm. I don't think that it really did anything to change it. So, yeah, just curious of why they did. But yeah, the projector. Yes. They put up a projector and it starts to become possessed and go crazy. Mm-hmm. because they are starting to put together where the well house is. And I'm not sure if Pennywise likes that or not based on what happens afterward. <laughs> yeah. Hard to tell. There are a bunch of slides of pictures of Bill's family and they focus on Georgie a lot. And then they focus on Georgie holding both parents' hands in the wind and then the slide just continually shifts and it turns out that the mother is Pennywise with his hair blown (laughs) dramatically like beautifully over his face and then he sticks his head out of the projector smiles and when the projector is kicked over he jumps out to attack yeah it was funny, mm-hmm. but I think it either wasn't funny enough or wasn't scary enough. There was something missing from that scene. I wanted it to be scarier because it could have been, but I don't know why. The graphics, or whatever you want to call it, didn't feel like they were done right. When his face comes out of the wall projector thingamabobber, um, like to and like Stan is standing closest to Pennywise at that moment. The sizing, and I'm not saying like I know that Pennywise's sizing is a whole like mystery and all that, but like it just looked so dumb, and yeah. it didn't even they didn't even do a good enough job where it looked like Stan was looking at Pennywise. 
he looked like he was just looking over there. And I'm not saying it's the actor's fault. It's it's whoever did the fucking Pennywise thing. <laughs> it was that person's fault. It didn't look real. And I know that technology can do that shit really well now. So I don't know why they did why they didn't. Yeah. It's just like I wanted it to be either funnier or scarier. And I don't care which one, but just Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, that's where poor Ben gets sliced open again, isn't it? No, that's later. He's fine now. Oh, oh, is he? Oh, thank goodness. Good. Yeah, he beat Pennywise <laughs> by opening the door and the oh yeah tears him away. <laughs> and this oh. is where they have an argument over how Bill is bad that people keep saying that they shouldn't have to get murdered because it's summer. If you say summer one more fucking time. He stutters, I'm sure, but I'm not going to try that. And then Bill decides, okay, Mm -hmm. the murder clown, you know, the one that murdered a bunch of people, murder clown? Mm -hmm. It's at this one specific decrepit house, (laughs) and we know that's where he is. Mm -hmm. So let's not prepare at all, and let's just go ride our bikes there and not bring any weapons or defense (laughs) or plan a strategy let's just go there what's the worst that could happen yeah it's fine we're together that's all that matters yeah worst leader ever yeah no no we've seen the ash movies if ash tried to lead anything which he did he's worse okay ash was successful (laughs) though he saved the entire town bill probably didn't do that (laughs) Okay. Uh, yeah. They go to the Nebolt house and they're all scared and mm. they ask for volunteers of who wants to go in. Mm. Or Bill who wants to stay and, out. <laughs> yeah, okay. Bill and Beverly both want to go in and all the rest of them say they want to stay outside. Yeah. So why the fuck did both Richie and Eddie have to go in and Bev had to stay outside when she wanted to go in and they didn't? They I did get that they drew them. I get that. But, but considering that both Bev and Bill volunteered, why yeah. wouldn't they have both gone in and drawn the straw for a third, rather than forcing her to stay outside <laughs> when she clearly wanted to go in? Uh, I'm not sure, but an, an even more important question is, how the fuck did they have so many straws or whatever? What did they pick? What? How did they do this? I don't, Pennywise it doesn't make probably sense. left a pack of straws outside for <laughs> I'm them. sure. Maybe they meant like straws, like, like, what is it called? The like outdoors straw stick things. Yeah. They call them that, right? Hay, like hay straw things. No? Sure. I might have made that up. <laughs> I'm seeing it in my head though. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know why, but I'm glad that it ended up being Eddie and Richie that went in. Well, for the I'm funnies. Gonna say it. I'm going to say it like this though. Mm-hmm. On one hand, I think them going in was funny, and I enjoyed what they did with both of them while in the house. Mm. But I also think that this is my biggest problem with this movie. Hmm. They added Mike and Ben to the group, Mm -hmm. and they never utilized them. We have Mm. already seen... Richie, Eddie, and Bill spend so much goddamn time together in this movie. They went to school together. They went to the Barons together. They patched Ben up together. 
they have had a lot of scenes with the three of them and Stan together. Yeah. It would have made the movie better for them to break up the groups and cross-utilize the people that they're not using much. And instead of doing that, they went with these three people. And those three and Bev, I think, already have the most scenes together and the most scenes of the movie. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of, I want to see more. Because, like, in the previous movie... Mm -hmm. they started off with smaller friend groups and they all came together. So it kind of gave all the losers time to integrate into the group. Mm -hmm. Like if you told me in the previous movie, any two losers names and said, these two hung out on their own, Eddie and Beverly walked home from school together and hung out. I'd Mm -hmm. believe you Stan and Ben. I'd believe you. They don't set it up in this movie, and both Ben and Mike always feel like the odd man out. Yeah, that's true. And they prioritize Bill, Richie, and Eddie so much that they never even try to make it feel like Mike likes these people or that they like him. They suddenly just start asking him after they get out of Naples, like, Mike, why aren't you on our side? It's like, when did you talk to Mike last? (laughs) Yeah. Like, I've never seen you talk to Mike ever. Well, but they did risk their lives for him, right? Against the Bowers gang. But mm-hmm. they don't set up that that whole group is friends with each other. I agree. And especially because Mike comes in after the cliff diving and after they clean up Bev's bathroom. There's mm. just not enough of him with these people. And there's not enough of Ben with these people. And then when Beverly comes in, they immediately start excluding Stan from these people. Yeah. Like they just replaced one with the other, basically. Exactly. It can only be four. (laughs) It never feels like it's the Losers Club. It feels like it's the core four and those three people that are kind of over there. Yeah. And as much as I love how especially Richie handled inside of Nebolt and how it was his fear to find his missing poster. Yeah. I think they consistently prioritize putting him in the movie over putting both Mike and Ben. Which, you know, what's funny to me is that I don't, at least if memory serves, I don't think the actor was like anybody yet. Oh yeah, Finn Wolfhard had been doing Stranger Things for oh, was like, he? Least a oh. year. Yeah. Okay, my my timing on Stranger Things and it. Well, I I saw it in 2017 when it came out. I, I already talked about that, but I didn't see Stranger Things for a while, and then I haven't seen all of it anyway. But like, I think because I watched it so long after, and I didn't know about him until the this movie that like I. I didn't think he was anybody before. So, okay, that makes sense. That's why they did it then. They just needed the name and they needed the actor in it. And people love him. So we got to put him in all the scenes. What Mm -hmm. they actually needed was to break up the group into subgroups that we hadn't already been done to death of. And we had seen those three together so much in this movie already that them going in kind of felt redundant. And they did shoot a few scenes of the others outside and they mm. cut them. Oh. That's shitty. Yeah. And see, and I agree. 
I would have never been the one to think of it though. Cause I enjoyed the scene so much of those three that I wouldn't have like sat there and been like, Oh, I wish they had brought this person in instead or whatever. Like I love the others too. Don't get me wrong. But I think these three had such good chemistry and their scenes together were so good that I didn't miss anything. Do you know what I mean? Like, I didn't think about it, I guess. Yeah, and it's nothing against the actors. I'm not sitting here like they should have had less. <laughs> yeah, I know. It really did take away from them being a solid seven. Mm-hmm. Especially because the characters didn't seem to have a lot of traits. Like, name one thing about Stan that is specifically said in this movie besides Jew <laughs> and... Mm, scared maybe ocd and that's a big big maybe because i don't know that i would have known it they don't say it yeah they show it to us a little bit i think because any other kid would have passed by a a frame that was askew and walked past it without giving a shit or realizing it whereas he stops and fixes it you know um especially when he's trying so hard to ignore it with his hand covering his eyes which i thought was cute um but yeah, so that maybe, but you really got to be looking for it. And yeah, it's not said. Yeah, I don't think a lot of these characters have more than two traits. Yeah. Well, and- okay. And see, I think that's what I'm going with or what I was going for when I was talking about how when I first watched the movie, I was confused. And then watching the miniseries, I was like, why didn't you include this? And why didn't we have that? And like... I felt like I I was being left out of this story because I hadn't read the movie. I mean, read the book or seen the miniseries. And I hate when anybody does that because like, I don't, don't think about what I've seen or what I know. Just show me everything that I need to know to understand these characters, to understand what's going on. Give me the full story in this movie. It's your own fucking movie. It's just this one movie. It has nothing to do with the miniseries, you know? Like, if it's yeah. a remake, then you gotta remake it. <laughs> I just think that in this particular story, because it is, it's not Bill defeats Pennywise. It's The Losers. And I don't think in this movie, it it takes them until the very last five minutes to become the losers. And I don't think that works. Yeah. I think they become the loser club when they defeat the Bowers gang, maybe. Like, I think they're in that scene specifically. But then, yeah, it gets lost after that. Yeah. But... It would be better if they utilized the side people more. But that said, they didn't. So let's go into the Nebolt house with the three main characters of this movie. I I do not want to. (laughs) I don't want to go into that fucking house. Um, But yes, let's let's go there and immediately see poor Richie freak the fuck out. Because it's the first time. Too much. Too fast. Mm Mm-hmm. In a good way, though, right? Is what you're saying? Because I think in a good way. In a good way, but also it seems very abrupt. Yeah, I. the only reason I don't mind it being abrupt for him is because of his whole personality. This kid is not ever going to sit there and admit that he is scared. Every time he gets scared, he makes a joke. He never says anything real. Like, there are no feelings coming out of this boy's mouth at any point. Or... For the most of them, for most of the movie, I'll say. Um, 
like he is the kid who doesn't know that he is able or allowed to speak emotions, which makes me really want to know about his family. But um, we don't get to know that, which is shitty. But him seeing his own missing poster and freaking out like that kind of told me everything I needed to know about him. And it made me understand why he was the kid making all of the jokes all of the time, even more. You know what I mean? Like it, it was it all kind of came together in that scene. So it was abrupt, but I felt like it it made sense for it to be abrupt. Because suddenly he couldn't, there was nothing he could do about it anymore. He was way too scared to be able to control it in any way. Yeah. Um, when the movie came out, you could actually call the number on his missing poster to be connected to a pre-recorded message of the Dairy Police Department. That oh. then shifted into Pennywise, but it's oh, currently disconnected. No, I wanted to do that. That's shitty. I'm sure it's recorded somewhere. Probably, I'd love to hear it. I'll have to look for it. it. Yeah. Um, um. Yeah. These little idiots oh. have apparently never watched Scooby Doo. <laughs> Because the first thing that they do in the house that they believe the demon clown is in, and at very best, is mm. inhabited by homeless crackheads, mm-hmm. is get distracted by funny voices and go mm. in different directions. Like, stay together, you morons. <laughs> yeah. They don't know how. They're too dumb. Like they're like I said, none of them are smart. None of them. Like, like I think Ben is smart in certain ways. Later on, Mike. I don't know if it's necessarily smart that I would use. Like he's prepared. I guess is a better word for it. But they are not smart. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah, but yeah, the they get very distracted, and then they get se- well. Uh, Eddie gets separated from them first. Because the leper gets him, right? (laughs) He does, yes. Yeah. And Eddie just passes out and faints through the floor. Yeah. That's fun, I'm sure. I enjoy, though, that he fell and then he, like, lifts his head up a little bit, looks at his arm, and then passes out again. And that that is his only reaction to what just happened before he can't anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Uh, Pennywise pretends to be Eddie in a separate room, mm -hmm. which is dumb because Richie knows that that's not where Eddie is, and yet he still goes into that room after not Eddie for (laughs) no reason. Because he is the dumbest of dumb, maybe? They're all so dumb. (laughs) They are. Well, and I think when, so he walks away and he goes into that room and the door gets locked. And I feel like Bill was the only one, like, what the fuck, guys? Because, like, Eddie was behind Richie. Bill was in the front. So he had no way to know that Eddie had stopped. And then he's busy trying to get to Eddie. And that's when Richie wanders off. And then he's like, what the fuck, Richie? (laughs) Like, maybe he's the only smart one in this particular scene. We got to give him a little credit because it's literally the only time I can. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, though the only reason that they're in this scene at all is yeah, because it's of him. him. So. Yeah, you would think if this boy had been planning this and all that, he would have at least brought, like, a knife. Just a knife from home, you know? Just a regular old kitchen knife. 
would have been better than nothing. Yeah. <laughs> um, apparently, Richie's fear involves a giant ventriloquist dummy with its mouth sewn shut. So mm-hmm. being told to shut up <laughs> is his greatest fear <laughs> in the world. Well, maybe he's maybe it's trying to tell him like I'm going to sew your mouth shut so you can't say anything because if you if I let you speak, I can accomplish what I am here to accomplish because we find out later. Basically, that's what happens. Um, but yeah, he he you can't tell Richie to shut up except like we talked about earlier the beep beep Richie thing would have been so much more effective. Especially having to do with the like him not being able to shut up because the beep beep is used as a hey stop for him. Yeah. Um, Although I will say, mm-hmm. in a movie where you're allowed to use the phrase "shut the fuck up," <laughs> beep beep doesn't really hold as much water unless they establish that it's like a thing that they've been saying to him since kindergarten. Well, that or the fact that, like, for example, Eddie's going to tell him to shut the fuck up when he says that he fucked his mom, that Richie says that he fucked his mom. He'll tell him to shut the fuck up. That's not really crossing any lines for Eddie, though. He doesn't really give a shit that Richie makes those jokes. However, Betty hopping around in the sewers (laughs) missing one shoe, that's crossing lines, was taking it too far. Maybe don't say that. So maybe beep beep is when we seriously want you to stop like yeah it's going too far you know well it's but they not didn't establish so pennywise just says a thing to him yeah, and they act like fun. it means something even though you know he should just be sitting there like what <laughs> yeah maybe the sit- beep was supposed to be like a cloud nose maybe well then he should have ha- he should have like honked his own nose and that wouldn't have been hard either but, like, the whole time, I felt like Richie should have just been sitting there, like, okay, I'm bored. Are you going to open the fucking door so I can go back to my friends? Or are you going to actually I scare feel, me? <laughs> I feel like it was less of a thing and more like a, oh, it's like in the book. They did the book thing. Yeah. Yeah. And Except I didn't know. Sometimes they do the book thing, but it gets lost in translation because they don't actually explain the context of the book in the movie. Yeah. So... You're like, on one hand, like, yeah, they did the thing. And on the other hand, you're like, yeah, but it meant nothing. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, some people that really loved the book probably still enjoyed it, I'm sure. But I didn't know anything about it. And I didn't understand why he did that. So it was just confusing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Pennywise crawling out of the refrigerator was a very good scene. I uh, that scene. don't have any idea why it happened. Looked great on film. Looked great, and on top of that, I, I'm sure some of it was. I don't think it's humanly possible to do some of it, no matter how bendy the fuck you are. But the fact that Skarsgård did that himself, because they were like, "Yeah, this is what the, our idea," and he was like, "Yeah, no, I can do that." And they were like, "What?" And he was like, "Yeah, I can do that. I can, I can fit into the little tiny refrigerator thing. I'm a bobber and come out, walk all creepily. I, I can't, I can't." with him he is amazing are always better i enjoy him so thoroughly he does such a good job with this damn character you can you can i'm sure you will and you probably already have um (laughs) talk shit about it but the there's no i'm i'm like i'm stuttering i'm gonna stop stuttering i'm gonna stop being like fangirl (laughs) 
Oh, I thought you were gonna say you were gonna stop being like Bill. Oh, hmm. <laughs> uh, no, I probably am not gonna stop either of those things anyway. So, <laughs> okay, tell me if we're approaching your favorite quote because I don't want to take it from you. Um, we are not. Okay, I'm gonna have to go back to a scene for my favorite quote. So you're fine. Great. Bill and Richie manage to make it to Eddie, who is being menaced by Pennywise, the dancing clown. Mm-hmm. And they finally get in there after Bill has spent the past minute and a half telling Richie, none of it's real. Don't believe in it. It's just trying to trick us. It's not real. Mm-hmm. They get into the room with Pennywise and Eddie. Pennywise puts his hand over Eddie's face like, shush. <laughs> And then turns around, fakes a sad look, goes, this isn't real enough for you, Billy. I'm not real enough for you. It was real enough for Georgie. Yeah. And that is the best. (laughs) Every time Pennywise fucks with Bill by using Georgie is the best as far as you are a horrible, I was going to call him a person, thing whatever um but it's always like it's heartbreaking it's not scary you know what i mean like i feel like pennywise was really good at hurting people's feelings and making them really sad yeah but fear makes them taste better it's like he's not afraid because of that (laughs) yeah he's sad yeah (laughs) and and probably really fucking angry you might want to stop doing this you're pissing him off i don't think that's what you're going for Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that actor has a, like, scared face, but he has a sad face. He's really good at the sad face. He's just constantly sad face boy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I like that, um, basically, Pennywise is constantly incapable when they're in a group, because this is where, it, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is where it's attacking the three of them and then the others show up, right? And I think Bev stabs him or stabs Pennywise in the eye. Uh, yeah, she stabs him. Yeah, she stabs him. And then, like, the fact that Pennywise gets stabbed and then is like, okay, I'm going to leave now because you're all here. I'm like, Oh, that was it? Okay, just stab him. Every time he shows up, stay together and stab him. Like, he can't fucking do anything. <laughs> He's scared. It it was very strange to me. I mean, it is also what cut, cuts... This is the scene that cuts Ben's stomach open, right? With yeah, that so it's same not like he can't do anything. He's scared. It's like, no, he can still hurt you real bad. Yeah, but like... I feel like it's a weird thing to to make where, okay, Pennywise has them, and I think I said this in the first movie too, there are multiple times when it has each of them separate and terrified of it, right? Like, multiple opportunities to eat them, but Pennywise does not do that. And then when they're together as a group, we realize it can't eat them when they're together as a group. So why the fuck doesn't it ever eat any of them separately? Well, yeah, because especially Bill might have just been sad when mm. Georgie's corpse came for him. Yeah. This is what you do if you're a murder clown and you really want to get to it. Stan is terrified. 
heat stand. Take yeah. his yarmulke. Mm. Then when you appear to, let's say, Richie, Richie ain't afraid of clowns, just smile with your teeth all bloody and have a yarmulke hanging from your fang. Yep. Easy. Save the head. Toss him the head. <laughs> He'll be plenty scared and upset and all the tasty emotions. Yeah. Repeat as needed until <laughs> is dead. It's so if, easy. If you get to want, like Eddie was scared too. You can do mm -hmm. the same with me and whichever of the group cares about Eddie. Yep. And honestly, Eddie's Eddie was so scared already. I think it was probably between um, Stan and Eddie, which one of them was the most scared from their first experiences with Pennywise. Both of them easy, easy targets. Yeah. Like you didn't have to use anything else. You already used what you needed to terrify them. Okay, now eat them. Why aren't you eating them? Yeah. Are you just full right now? Like, there's no room at this exact moment. What the fuck's going on? Literally, the words, why aren't you killing them, are in capitals in my notes. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't understand. At first, I thought, well, maybe they're doing a thing where it's only capable of actually killing them when mm. they're near the sewer or in the sewer, or mm. by a sewer drain, something like that. But yeah. it's just, like, scaring them. But if it was just that, then certain other people who died wouldn't have been able to have died. Yeah. Well, Pennywise, like we said at the beginning of this, I think is just having a good time. He's just he's just enjoying fucking with Bill and then Bill's friends because they're his friends. Yeah, I will say though that because it's just dragging on and on, it's getting at it's starting to drag. Yeah. Because it's it doesn't feel like they're in any danger at any point. Not mm. just because we've seen the previous movie, but because they just he's not killing them. He's a toothless little dancy boy. <laughs> and it's just like you don't anticipate that they're going to be in any trouble at all at any time. Mm -hmm. And therefore, it kind of takes some of his bark away. Yeah. Um. Oh, Henry is oh approached by Pennywise. We'll say, um, his knife is given back mm -hmm. after his father shoots him in the feet basically and makes him dance in front of his friends that scene was what i was referring to earlier for henry and like how abused he because his friends are around and the dad does that what the fuck does he do when the friends aren't around and i know you said there was a deleted scene and i've seen it and like we know that he is whipped by his father but like like literally <laughs> um yeah. but in, when you're just watching the movie itself, you don't know that, but you don't need to. You don't even need that scene. So I'm I'm okay that they cut that scene out, you know? Like, I don't need it. Um, it was a very powerful scene, but it wasn't necessary because if this man is shooting at his son's feet in front of his friends, I don't even want to imagine what he's doing when nobody's around. No. Especially because we've seen the way that this tough, like, bully kid is, 
anytime his father is around or anything having to do with his father happens, like when he loses a knife. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, but yes, the the knife is returned to him. Mm -hmm. The knife is returned to him, and the box is addressed as the returnee Robert Gray, Mm -hmm. which is a book reference that was Pennywise's person name. Ooh. Which was a cool little Easter egg for people who may have read the book. That's cool. It was returned to him with the agreement that he, quote, kill them all. (laughs) Uh And we know this because the televangelist lady tells us that that's Mm -hmm. what it is. I will say this about the televangelist. Mm -hmm. I would have enjoyed it more had we not seen Pennywise in that scene at all. Just that lady and the dead children. I think it would have been more impactful. And having to see the clown, I think they overused the clown. I agree. He didn't take enough other forms that were special. Mm. And I don't think we needed the clown to have that be a chilling scene with the dead kids and the lady. Yeah. But since they're all telling Henry to do it, he stabs his father in the neck and goes on a murder spree. That was a hard scene to watch because I don't like seeing people get stabbed weird I know um (laughs) but the look on his face when he does it the like relief and power that you immediately see in his eyes he he has dead eyes from this point on I think he kind of has dead eyes throughout the whole movie anyway but especially like leading up to him stabbing the father like he has the dead eyes and then he does it and there's like just this little spark and it is the crazy spark and it is it's so good I don't know how he does it and maybe I'm just seeing it because I like that's what I'm seeing you know like I'm just seeing the spark there but it like there is a switch and you see it in his he doesn't say anything but you just see the change in him and it's so good yeah, and it's great that the dead children are all cheering him on as he's killing him. <laughs> yeah. Like, yay. It's like, yay, do it. So special. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then he follows them to yeah. the sewers. Not yet, though, because first, mm-hmm. Beverly. Well, oh, yeah. The group has a large argument when they leave people. Right. About how Georgie is dead and Bill needs to accept it before he gets them all murdered too, which is valid. Mm-hmm. But unsurprisingly, Richie doesn't say it in the nicest of ways, and then Bill gets pissed. Okay, the thing is, though, they've all been saying it in the nicest of ways yeah. for months. Like, George disappeared in October, and it's, like, July. Yeah. So they've tried. He won't listen. And now there's an actual physical danger. Eddie's arm is broken. Ben is stabbed, but fine. (laughs) Of course he is. Things are going bad very quickly. Mm. And Bill is not even taking a moment to be like, I hope Eddie is okay. He's immediately like, well, yeah, but now that we know where it is, we'll be better prepared next time. We won't just charge in with the power of sunshine and rainbows and our (laughs) shitty bikes. 
Hey, 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 do not insult his bike. How dare you? Didn't you see the miniseries? Um, uh, yeah, I did. The bike was my least favorite part. <laughs> I do. But I, I'm going to go back to what I said about Bill. I think Bill has slowly gone crazy. I don't think yeah. they really focus too much on it, like on an individual level, kind of like they do with Henry. But we see it. We see it many, many times and many, many ways. It's just none of them are old enough to understand it. And none of the adults give a shit. So nobody actually stops and worries over Bill's mental health. No. And it, it's he is not okay. We don't really get to see him before too much. I mean, we got those scenes with Georgie at the, at the very beginning to see the kind of person that he was. And so even just that little comparison, it's like this kid is not okay. And the more they talk about it, the more that they deal with it, the more anything happens with Pennywise, the less okay that he is. I don't even think Keith believes Georgie's alive. He just can't handle you saying that he's not. No. But they all have their big argument and split up as a group because Bill and Bev are really feeling murder today. <laughs> and all of the others are like, no, I don't think you understand. We aren't the murder. We're the snack. Yeah. So the group breaks up and they have a montage of <laughs> them kind of doing their own thing. For the record, it makes me really sad that none of them went to Stan's bar mitzvah except Richie. Yeah. Like, on one hand, I know that Eddie was at a point with his mom where he was not allowed to go outside. Yeah. And that makes sense. But, like, for Bill and Stan to have supposedly been the kind of friends that they are, you couldn't have gone and sat on the other side. <laughs> Yeah, because I was even going to say, like, Mike's not invited to that shit, and Bev's not invited to that shit. No one's inviting those two to that shit. They might have invited Ben, like, Stan could have possibly have gotten away with that, you know? Because, mm -hmm. like, he's a nice boy, he's not, like, the, if, I'm assuming Stan's parents are probably racist because of just people in this town. So they're not going to want to invite the black kid, and they're not going to want to invite, basically, the person that everybody calls the slut. So they don't get invitations. We don't know about Ben. I don't know if he would have been invited or not, but still they were never that close. So it makes sense for him to not show up. But yeah, for Bill to not show up, I think even more shows that he has completely lost his connection to real life and his friends, which was all he had left because well, he doesn't have anything else at home. The thing is though, that's kind of a bullshit justification. Because mm -hmm. if he lost his connection to his home and his friends, but he was still trying to get his dick wet, or more realistically, mm -hmm. based on their ages and his like level of respect of her, he was still trying to hold her hand affectionately and get a peck on the lips. At this point, was he? Yeah. I'm trying to remember what happens between Bev and Bill at like this point of the movie like near the montage because he I know he shows up at Beverly's house after this and yeah. I'm wondering if it's I, or do we know why he shows up before I say anything else because I can't well, remember closest to the montage was her getting her bathroom cleaned up and them giggling about how they liked each other 
But mm. in this movie, they don't show it. But in the next movie, they show that those two, like, he walked her home and they talked and all that kind of stuff. And then she was trying to sneak out of her house. And then he showed up at her house around the time that she was trying to sneak out. Mm-hmm. They were meeting. And so I agree. Was, oh, perfectly okay enough to try and go out on a date with her. I don't know that that's what it was. In my head, that relationship was never fucking established. I'm sorry to everybody okay, who ships them. Ended, but- if they ended with a kiss after Ben saved her with his kiss, it was established. No, I mean, here's the way I see it. I think that Bill was fucking very one um, track minded and I don't mean getting his dick wet or getting a kiss or anything. I mean, Georgie and Pennywise, like that was the track his mind was on. And this was the literal only person who would listen to him talk about it anymore, who would go with him. And so it was just like, okay, yeah, I'm going to hang out with her and fine. We're going to kiss or whatever, but like, you're going to be here and you're going to help me and we're going to do this. And literally none of the rest of them were. I feel like you're looking past everything that they set up in the movie. I'm not even saying they didn't have crushes on each other. I just don't think he was fully there, is I think what I'm trying to say. Like, even if he was still crushing on her, I don't think his mental health was capable of not being completely focused on what he was trying to accomplish. You know what I mean? I'm saying I don't think his mental health was there either, but that doesn't mean they weren't on a date. Oh, maybe. Maybe the date, though, when his mental health was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to make sure that she's going to stick around to help me. So I'm not completely on my own. I don't know. I don't, And I'm not even saying that I don't think they had a crush on each other. I just don't think they... I don't think they gave me enough in this movie to believe that this was a real feelings thing. I think they were too fucked up, both of them, to be able to real feelings for anybody. Yeah, but I think I think he was using her to go back to a simpler time of third grade, and she yeah. was using him to go back to a simpler time of third grade. That yeah. doesn't mean that they didn't think they liked each other. It just means that I think they liked what each other represented more than they liked each other. Mm-hmm. Like, a time before everything got so fucked. And you know what? Maybe Bill didn't go to Stan's thing because he felt like Stan wouldn't want him there. Because he chose Richie. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that Stan chose Richie, but I'm saying that, like, that's what Bill thought. Because I can see that. Mm. It might just be that it was only Jewish kids that were allowed to go. Yeah. initial script of it 2017 richie was written as jewish even though he had never previously been (laughs) so it might just be that that was the holdover thing of richie is jewish but they didn't establish it anywhere else and Mm -hmm. the others weren't invited because you can't invite as a rabbi you can't let your son invite a christian to a bar mitzvah yeah But they didn't establish that well enough, I think, for me to know for sure if that's it. Well, it it could have also been as simple as Stan and Richie were the closer two of the four of them, like we see in the miniseries. But we don't get to see that here either. So, yeah, none of it. 
I think that's what they were lacking most in this movie. They were like, there's so much to do. We're taking all of this shit and we're like throwing it all in two hours and 15 minutes and still not enough time. And they so spent we're just gonna... so much time with the core group of main people and with the clown that they didn't have enough time to establish friendships and establish yeah. all this stuff that we need to establish. Because the miniseries was three hours and 18 minutes long. This movie was two hours and 20 minutes long. Mm. This movie is part one of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. They so had plenty they of time. Had they should have had time to do everything because the miniseries had time to do everything. They should it's have had time to do more because there wasn't, like, there were no adult versions of them in this one. So they should have done more with the kids. Yeah, and the only thing I can say that they did more of was Henry. Yeah. And you know what? If we had to give up finding out how close everybody was and all of that shit to see more of Henry, perfect. I'm no, good with it. I needed I'm more of Henry. I'm not good with it. Like, I'm happy that we had more of them, but mm. I would have rather gotten more of the losers and better of the losers mm. than 8 million Pennywises. Yeah. Well, I think it's harder for me to agree with you only because I didn't realize it until you brought it up. So clearly I wasn't bothered by it, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, so it's hard for me to be bothered by it now because <laughs> I wasn't. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I agree with what you're saying. I wish there was more of the friendships of the losers than, especially Pennywise. We didn't need that much on Pennywise. We could have seen more of Pennywise in part two. Yeah, especially because Pennywise wasn't really doing anything. Mm -hmm. He wasn't killing anyone that we kept seeing him come and attack. So mm -hmm. we have all of these scenes, Pennywise on top of Pennywise on top of Pennywise, to do nothing. Yeah. It doesn't help establish anything. It doesn't set anything up for the future. It's just jump scares and stuff. You know what else I don't think they needed so much of? What? Whenever they did show the group of losers together. Um, though, I remember the one scene with the cliff when they jump off the cliff. I thought that was a good scene. It was fine. But then they have, like, they jump off of the cliff and then they're hanging out and they have this whole weird scene I really didn't need where they are sexualizing a 12-year-old girl. I didn't need to have a like have these boys sit here and stare at her, them in their tidy whities and her in her underwear and bra, and then like the camera panning over her body. Why did we put that into the movie, people? I don't. I didn't need that. Please, like I I, you could have shown me that they were attracted to her and have her be fully clothed. <laughs> I get why they were doing it. I don't care yeah. the camera did it. Exactly. They could have literally just had them staring at her while she was like slipping her dress back on or something like that. Cause I get it. They were all in their underwear. They jumped off a cliff. Fine. I get it. Whatever. But like her dress is already pretty much on and she's like zipping it up or something like that. And that's what they're looking at would have been even better. Like that would have been a lot more acceptable for me than showing me a 12 year old girl's body like that. It made her feel like the girl one way more than I think Beverly ever did, young Beverly ever did in the original the, yeah. miniseries. Mm -hmm. 
Um, yeah, and considering what she's been through with her dad, I really hate that they did that. Yeah, because now every male friend of hers is just like every other guy. <laughs> yep. Fun. But <laughs> she's trying to sneak out of the house, and she finally has a confrontation with her father where she won't say she's his little girl and ends up beating him to death with a toilet bowl. Thank goodness. <laughs> well, yeah. that scene is very difficult for me to watch. I, I had a really hard time watching it any of the times I watched it. Because, like, luckily they don't go too far. But they go far enough that it is very clear that she he is going to molest her. And it was... Like, knowing it is one thing, seeing it is another thing, you know? Yeah. Um, and it was really... It was good seeing her fight back because she now has something to go towards. You know what I mean? Plus, they're already dealing with the clown, and that's, I'm imagining, like I did, I think, in the first one, like, that's way scarier than this, you know? Like, you're just a fucking human. I don't know. When watching this comes off as way scarier than anything that the clown did. It definitely does. I'm just saying, like, for her, like, we don't know how to beat the clown, but I sure as hell know that if I hit you over the head with something, it will hurt you at least. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's what made her feel tougher in that scene where she was just like, I'm finally going to stand up for her, for myself. Yeah. And I think that's what's interesting about it, though. When mm. the clown actually showed up, which I know you have told me is your favorite <laughs> jump scare in the entire Yes, movie. it got me because the the father walks in and that's and then she kills him and that's that was kind of a jump scare moment right at the start of that. And then and so I thought that was it. That was the creepy thing in the scene. And then she turns around and he's right there and I was not expecting it at all. Cause I thought it was yeah. over. You know what I mean? Like it's like when you think, oh, this person's done here in this scene like it's always going to make you jump a little bit I think when it happens at least it did to me hopefully it did to everyone else <laughs> but hmm. when he shows up she's not scared of Pennywise at all anymore which is why I'm saying I honestly think she was more scared of her father than she was of Pennywise hmm. because when she took him out she wasn't scared at all anymore even when Pennywise showed even yeah. when he took her into his can we call it a layer? Okay. <laughs> I call it a grotto because oh. I get this picture when you go in there. There's it's like a tall, thin-ish area mm. that is just full of ancient, broken toys and floating corpses. It looks like the place where Ariel stores all her human stuff. <laughs> and I can so easily picture Pennywise and his luscious red hair down there in the oh, God, no. just like stroking a wooden baby carriage wistfully like I want to be <laughs> well now I can see it too thanks <laughs> and I know that sounds dumb but is it really any dumber than the dance number oh my gosh okay the dance number is the dumbest thing however I'm okay. I, I can't say I'm glad they left it in the movie because it had no effect on the movie at all. But I'm glad it, it exists. I'll say that because it is hilarious. It's, it's funny, but like, why? 
Yeah, I don't, I have no idea. And I didn't need it in the movie. It could have been a deleted scene. It could have been a blooper. It could have been whatever. But I'm just, I'm glad that it exists as a clip. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, I know his official title is Pennywise the Dancing Clown. But mm-hmm. I don't think there was anybody out there going, but he didn't dance. I think he did. <laughs> no, probably not. But just in case, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. He ends up showing Beverly his glowing tonsils. (laughs) Yep. And hypnotizing her to float with the corpses that he has already eaten, partly. Mm. And I feel like that's kind of like a bear hibernating, but keeping a few rabbits in there just in case he gets hungry. Yeah. Well, and But, but that's the thing is like, who has it eaten this whole time? That we, well, yeah, but there's been like three of them, and it's like, okay, there are a lot more corpses there. First of all, secondly, you've been attacking these kids continuously, and now here's one of them, and you're not even going to take one bite. But well, she's not scared, I guess, so she doesn't taste good. No, but I'm guessing he does have to keep some. He's going to be down there for 27 years. That's a good point. He might need some extra food. (laughs) So a couple of them, like Eddie Corcoran and Georgie, he just eats. Yeah. And a few of them he saves for later, like a little (laughs) doggy bag. And I think that is particularly well set up because Mm. it does re-up Bill's potential that George might be up there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if Bev is alive but just missing, mm. then George could be too. Yep. Well, okay, so she so he gets them all to go. Well, I'm assuming it was Bill that got all of them. We see him talk to Richie after they haven't yeah. spoken to each other. Um, can I just say again, though, the ones they choose to show are Bill, Richie, and Eddie. Yeah. Even well, and though Ben is, like, in love with Beverly, they don't show that one. Mm-hmm. They don't show any of the other ones, so it just re-emphasizes the fact that those three are the main characters. I Okay, even I'm going to say... I think there... Did you say even though there was a reason? Yes. Yeah, because I was going to say, like, I think this was not the scene that I would have been upset that they didn't show. Like, unless they were going to show all of them, I think these two were important to be shown because the whole separation between the group, like, everybody was because of Richie and Bill. So they needed to be the ones that spoke to each other and, like, made up the way I'm imagining 12-year-old boys do where they don't apologize or anything. They just go, hey, there's this thing we got to do. And they're like, okay. Um and then Eddie's scene. <sighs> I wasn't going to choose this as my favorite quote, but I think I'm changing my mind as I'm doing this. Where he yells at his mom about the pills and all everything that she's got him on. And says that they're gazebos, they're bullshit. Because he forgets that it's placebos. Mm-hmm. Is my favorite thing, I think, of the entire movie. So it would have been a lie if I said it wasn't my favorite quote. I'll mention the other ones later, but, like, that's perfect. I will say that Mm. while Greta Bowie was a huge bitch to him, she gave him a great gift. That's true. She did. And you're not talking about the loser. 
signature on his key. No, although <laughs> I do think he kind of had a little bit of a crush on her. He might have. It was hard to tell because I thought that's what they were building up and then they didn't really go in for it. You know what I mean? Like, even just yeah. in that one scene, they didn't fully, like, show us, yes, he's definitely got a crush. Um, So it was hard to tell, but I thought so, too. He would be the boy that would get a crush on the pharmacist's daughter. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, as much as she was a bitch, that was the most important thing that could have happened to him in this whole movie and it did yeah and then he got to have his stand up for himself moment though i thought his mom was a great misdirect because the way she was talking was very suspicious yeah like you thought the clown was gonna jump out i thought she was gonna be the clown yeah i i would have liked if that had happened like I feel like there were multiple times where they could have had the Pennywise be controlling these people or be taking the form of these people like the librarian and then Eddie's mom in that scene and it like they just didn't do it and it's I actually prefer that they didn't because I've been saying this whole time the movie has had too much clown and seeing the people be creepy was more subtle to me and I enjoyed Mm. that I just and don't know really what sold that there was something wrong with the town and that it That's wasn't true. all just like jingle jangle clown. <laughs> well, I think I, if they had removed some of the other scenes of just the clown being the clown and replaced these with that, I would have liked it better is what I was saying. But yeah, I think Eddie's mom being controlling and manipulative and all of that continuously, um, especially though in that scene was definitely very important to the character so i'm i'm also glad that they didn't actually do that but i think it would have been a better scene for the clown than some of the other ones were um but yeah so he he agrees to it and we needed that scene so i'm glad that they did use him if they were only going to choose two but they could have easily have taken a few more seconds to include ben finding out and mike finding out because why the fuck is mike agreeing to go with these people (laughs) <laughs> like why did he agree know. to it you know like we yeah we don't know through the rock oh that's true uh yeah uh speaking of that i the other i guess my second favorite quote is gonna be richie at the end of the rock fight yelling at henry go blow your dad you mullet wearing asshole and it's a great insult except mm. that my heart feels for henry and his issues with his dad so like ouch but also it i thought it was a great insult my heart kind of goes for him but also like can we just say rape is never funny like yeah how how does bev feel with go blow your dad being yelled as an insult to someone that she hates because that's not a choice when you're 15 no, I'm just saying, I, well, they don't, I don't think they know what's going they on don't. with Henry and his dad, right? Like, and no. we don't even know if it's like, if there's any sexual abuse involved well, in it. I'm not saying that there is, but I'm even saying they don't know what's going on with Bev and her dad outside that she doesn't. That's like, true. That he doesn't like her hanging around with boys. But mm-hmm. if you've got a friend and your friend is like, go blow your dad. And you may have had to do that at some point. Yeah. There's got to be that, like, skin-crawling moment of where you just feel like you were the most disgusting person on the planet. Yeah, that's true. And that is 
not a thing that you should throw around like that because you don't know who's been abused. That's true. Okay, maybe it could have just been like, go fuck yourself, you mullet-wearing asshole. It's the mullet-wearing asshole part of it that I liked, I guess, is my point. (laughs) Just to be clear. (laughs) It's a Um, glorious mullet. Sure, sure it is. (laughs) Um, Anyway, but yes, they all get together and they go into um, the house again, right? That's how they got to go, right? May I just say that their Mm -hmm. concept of being more prepared next time (laughs) involved a gun, but did not consider how they were going to get down into the fucking well. Mm -hmm. Even though they knew they had to get down into a well. Well, It also just involved one of them having a weapon. It's not even a gun gun, it's a nail gun. Yeah, it's a nail gun, but you know what? That's what I was talking about with Mike. Like, at least he was prepared. Um, I don't even think they asked him. Like, a knife, a baseball bat, literally anything. Please, just bring something with you. Yeah, I don't even think they asked him to bring that. I think that he was just the one that was like, okay, if I'm coming, (laughs) we're gonna, like, not just go on the power of hopes and dreams and hope that togetherness pulls us through. I'm gonna bring a gun. Yeah. Yep, see, that's why he was the smart one in that way. <laughs> he was. Uh, Stan was also the smart one by not wanting to go in. <laughs> yep. But he also doomed himself by that because we know that Pennywise really likes to make Th- Bill feel like he has, like, doomed. It's all his loves. fault. Mm-hmm. So he doomed Beverly, he doomed Georgie. And the second Bill said, it'll be fine if we all stay together, come on Mm. in, you're safe, Stan was toast. Yep, yep. Well, and I remember when I had first seen it, I didn't, like, I didn't recall what happened with Stan and him being taken, because I was like, wait, so he just walked away? What the fuck? But it wasn't. He heard, he heard Beverly's, I believe, voice, right? I mean, it wasn't actually Beth. Yeah, so I think he thought it was probably Bev because I think I thought it was Bev. And he turned around and then suddenly he was someplace else. And I remember when I first like thought about that scene after I had only watched it once, I was like, dude, stick together. Why did you walk away? But he didn't. And I'm so glad that at least he didn't walk away. Like that was important to me, I feel like. Yeah, and I'm wondering if that was just like shitty editing or if he was just so scared of being separated that that's what made him be separated. Yeah, I think, I hope anyway, that's what it was because that's what I thought it was. But it might have also just been shitty editing. I do love that Eddie was the first one who noticed, Mm -hmm. but the fight with Henry and Mike because Henry is absolutely gone by now we find Uh out the deleted scenes he's killed the remaining two members of his gang and their corpses are just sitting with him in the car as he has (laughs) followed the losers to this house and continues on his flight to kill them all yeah because they did say kill them all they didn't specify which all yeah (laughs) mike is the last one to go down in the well and he doesn't make it because henry attacks him Mm-hmm. And Henry is, this is such good acting. He's so gone. Mm-hmm. And I actually wanted that fight scene to be longer. Me too. 
it was shaping up to be so great with the insults hurled back and forth and the weapons and the hand-to-hand combat. I was so fucking invested. Yep. And it was so short. It really was. They ran out of time because they needed more Pennywise. (laughs) (laughs) See, and I don't even mind that there was more Pennywise because, you know, I I like Skarsgård's Pennywise. It's just, it feels, as we're talking about it, like there's even more than there was. (laughs) Yeah. But Mike, as the smartest one, decides he's going to reload the nail gun on the side of a well. (laughs) Why? Why are these kids so stupid? I feel like that's my life, though. Why are these kids... This stupid is a repetitive, repeated question I ask myself daily. So, yeah. I'm, I'm, I swear I love my students. I swear I do. Go ahead. <laughs> they lose the bullets because of it, and mm-hmm. that was also a great setup because Mike ended up. He was the outsider. He has repeatedly in this movie said, "I'm the outsider. I have to stay that way." Mm-hmm. And in his final challenge. He mm-hmm. had to face it by himself, and no matter how much they yelled, "Hell no, Mike!" They couldn't yeah. get back up there. They couldn't help him. There was nothing they could do, yep. and he had to face it alone. Yeah, that's true. It was well, a good setup for the second movie. I think we're not getting into the second movie, but yeah. the fact that no matter what happened, he still had to do it by himself for the most part was a great way to set up where we start the second movie at. Yeah. Well, and I I think that their, um, Henry and Mike's whole thing, their whole, like, hatred for each other, I guess, um, and their fight was, earlier on in the movie, was so important because, like, the others were there too, and, yeah, they were helping and whatnot, but, like, it was Henry and it was Mike and Henry hated Mike. Henry's dad was a racist and he had picked that up from him. And like, he even, I think he said something, I don't remember what he said, but something about his dad and, and like just the insults about his parents dying and all of that. He there, I felt like their fight was way more personal than any of the others. Like, Henry was picking on Ben because he was the new kid and he would have done that with any new kid. I believe it. A hundred percent. He would have done it with any fat kid. A hundred percent. You know, I don't think his fight with the losers, the main four had anything to do with any of them individually. Like you personally, I hate, it was just, you guys are supposed to be like the out, the outcasts, the like losers. So uh, he's picking on them because of that, you know? the thing with Mike was really personal and I'm so glad they came back to it, even though you're right, the scene was too short and I wanted more of it, but I'm glad that they gave us that even just that little bit and that it was the two of them. So am I. And then he gets thrown down the well. He does. (laughs) And there's that like, holy fuck moment with all the other ones. (laughs) Yeah. Cause Mike has just killed the human person. Yep. Yes, he has. But he deserved it. And he, he did, and it was anyway. self-defense. Yeah. Spoilers. Um, but yeah. It, it wasn't, I don't think Mike would have intentionally killed him. If he had the choice, he would have beat him up and left him there. But, but or like gotten away from him, but there was no other choice. There was nothing else he could have done. 
I don't know. And I think I prefer the question better mm. than the answer. Because gonna... he's been told the entire time, it's us or them. That's and true. To. And he finally was able to shoot the goat. Yeah. So the question of whether he would have done it anyway, because of the way that Henry and his father were to Mike and his family, Mm -hmm. is a better question. I like that. I like that. I I had it in my head that he would have just left him there and, you know, left him alive. But that, yeah, I like that question. Around then is the time they realize that Stan has disappeared and mm-hmm. they're running through the sewers trying to find him. Mm-hmm. And uh, Judith finds him first. And I guess it's really lucky for Pennywise that Stan's big fear also happens to have Pennywise's feeding teeth on it. <laughs> yep. Well... <sighs> Can you imagine if it was Ben that had gotten separated? How would that headless oh, have eaten him? <laughs> Grow ahead. I don't know. Um, yeah, it. I I remember at first wondering why Stan. Like, why was it Stan that got picked? You know. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, there's that the whole teeth thing, but it. It also really, really built up something that you already mentioned about Bill and his feelings of this is my fault. Because the second that they find him and like the uh, Pennywise as the woman, as Pennywise, as whatever, um, he as soon as that you know, Pennywise slithers away, I was gonna say walks, slithers away, and they all run up to to Stan he does not trust these people anymore, at least in that first moment. And he's yelling at all of them about how they're not his friends. And then he yells directly at Bill for not like taking care of him, I guess, because Bill promised that if they all stuck together, they'd be okay. And like Bill, finally, I mean, it's a little too late, sweetheart, but finally is like, huh, I shouldn't have dragged them all in here. This is my fault. I'm going to go do this by myself and leave them all here. It's like, do you, did you see what just happened though? Did you see that when Stanley was on his own, that he got attacked and now you're leaving and you're just going to leave your friends for whom you feel responsible. Okay, Bill, you're an idiot. (laughs) Like you're, you're, you're like the biggest idiot, but it also did that. It did do a good job of showing us how guilty Bill continuously feels for all of it, even though he keeps dragging them into it. (laughs) And I think that moment also showed all of their friendship together. It was a little too late for me, Mm -hmm. but the way that they kind of did the dog puddle and everybody was like crying and puddling and and trying to reassure him was... Mm -hmm a good moment for them as a group. I agree. And Uh, then I think it's, again, Eddie that notices that Bill walks away, right? Yep. Uh, Bill has gone away because where Pennywise disappeared, Georgie is standing. And Mm. Bill will always follow fake Georgie everywhere. Yep. Um, He passes Beverly 
and promises to come back for her. <laughs> Pennywise is actually very generous to give her some modesty because her body is floating, but her dress is. <laughs> well, you know what? Considering the underwear scene from earlier, I'm glad they made that decision because we've seen Beverly wears like tights, like shorts, tights underneath, like long ones to her knees underneath her dresses. We see them under her dresses. That's how long the shorts are. So it's it wouldn't have even been that bad if her dress had floated up. But I didn't need to see any more of what she's wearing under her dresses. You know what I mean? Like, no. good. Thank you for not doing that. <laughs> and the others finally wind up getting to her. And uh, they pull her down and try to figure it out. And then Ben plants yeah. a kiss on her as yep. a handsome prince, blah, blah. Yep. And it worked. <laughs> Because mm-hmm. he believed it would work. Mm-hmm. But that girl clearly did not want to kiss him, so it still mm-hmm. didn't come off as charming. Even if she wanted to kiss him, she is unconscious. You do not kiss a girl that is unconscious. I oh, yeah. I mean, I'm glad it worked, <laughs> but it's a creepy decision that he made, and I didn't like it, and I didn't believe it for him. In At no. least in this. And the thing is, even though that happened the movie ends with Bill and Bev kissing. Mm-hmm. So even though that happened, even though she found out that he is the one who wrote the poem, which she probably suspected anyway, mm-hmm. she was not interested. And at this point, I have no idea how they're going to set up a Ben and Beverly romance for the next movie. Yeah. Because I don't see it. Yeah. She has made it clear that she's not interested. Mm-hmm. And maybe they'll make it work somehow, and I hope they do, because in the last one, they did not. No, but not at all. But I don't look at this and think, wow, they le-. even if the movie had not ended with Bev and Bill kissing, it might have been a little open-ended as to, well, who does she like? We don't know. Maybe yeah, maybe she changed her mind. Yeah. Yeah. But they don't do that, so I don't know. I don't see well, it. And I would have, honestly, like, I thought Ben's, um, like, attraction to Bev and, like, the way they met and, like, the way that he was towards her was all all great throughout the movie until that kiss. That kiss was just the one thing that I was just like, Ben, no. Yeah, especially um, because it seemed like Bill and Ben really, they both knew that the other one liked her. And there was yeah. a little bit of that weird, like, I know you like her and I, it's weird for me. But yeah. they both had complete and total respect of each other through it. Especially when Bill did not try and say that he wrote her that poem. Yeah, because he could have. He could have, and a lot of guys would definitely be like, yeah, of course I sent you those flowers, baby. There was no card. Yeah, I just forgot the card. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I was going to say that, like, whether it is Bill or it's Ben in this movie, in the next movie, in the miniseries, I like, I always, always, always would have preferred it to have been none of them. Just because she's a girl in the movie doesn't mean that she, there needs to be a romance. You know what I mean? Like, I don't. I don't need it. This movie doesn't need it, especially when they're baby childs, childs, children. <laughs> um, it doesn't need it. it. It is like, and I agree that the thing between Bill and Beverly, A, was better set up in this than it was in the any part of the miniseries, in my opinion. Um, and B, was more believable. 
And I still stand by what I said. I think Bev and Ben were flirty with each other, at least a little bit. Like, she was also flirty with him, I mean, at least a little bit. But clearly she was into Bill. And I didn't need a love triangle. I didn't need any romance because they're 12. And if they were attracted to each other and they were slightly flirty or blushy or giggly, fine. I didn't need the kiss. Like, wh- what are we watching here? Why Why did we have a this big romantic kiss between these 12-year-olds at I the end of the movie? I think they were, like, 14, weren't they? Whichever. I still didn't need it. That's not what this movie was I know. about. You I know what I mean? I didn't need it, but A, it was in the book, and B, 14-year-olds do. From what I have heard, a lot of things were in the book, and I'm glad that they left them out. But I was—I more meant the movie didn't need it. I and I agree, 14 year olds or 12 year olds do. I'm sure kids younger than that do. Don't want to think about it. However, this movie didn't need this big romantic ending between these two kids. Yeah, because they were kids. It needed to end with the entire group of seven, and I feel like I'm gonna say that. (laughs) in the last movie in the next movie maybe Mm -hmm. in the next movie after that when we're not doing it i'm still gonna be talking about how we need to end with a whole group of seven bitchy romantic like swoopy music shit yeah and it almost did until they they were like everybody else leaves now bill bill and uh bev are gonna kiss like why though yeah it should have ended with them letting go of the blood oath and then like all leaving in separate directions. Yeah. And you know what? It could have even been them saying, cause like she was moving away. So maybe this was going to be the last time Bill was going to see her. So he wanted to give her a hug and thank her for everything. But it, and it wasn't. I don't, it shouldn't have ended with just the two of them. I agree. That's, That's not the true. movie. Well, if it was going to be all of them going in separate ways, then yeah, they should have all left at the same time and then like walked in their own directions yeah and unless they're gonna completely buck tradition and have bill end up with bev i don't think we needed the romantic end to their story yeah but I agree. we've, we've skipped, skipped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bill uh, has followed fake georgie up yeah. to the pile of broken bullshit toys mm-hmm. and fake georgie is crying about how he lost the boat Mm. and he finally says i couldn't keep up with it and bill responds she georgie we call boat she (laughs) even though he knows this isn't george it's like okay i couldn't keep up with she then you (laughs) (laughs) yep well i'm sure i saw this online but it's one of those things where if this really was georgie you don't have to be a little shit bill you don't. The poor kid is crying. He's been through some shit. He's missing a goddamn arm. Like, really? She? That's what you're concerned about? Fuck off. <laughs> he knows at this point that it's not. I know. But he's just trying to, like, get his closure, I guess. Well, okay, and this is but the thing that I was talking about. You know what would have been, like, the best thing, though? What? If this had been like a classic Stephen King misdirect, and it had been, I hundred percent thought it was. And because, then Bill shot him in the head. Yep, and that's what I was talking about. Like he suddenly decides. Okay, so he follows the fake Georgie, and I'm still honestly not sure when I first watched this if Bill has 
actually finally been like, Georgie's dead. I know he's dead. I accept it now. So he holds a fucking gun to his little brother's head. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, this is sudden. What the fuck just happened, Bill? Wait, you think this is Georgie though, right? You still think that, don't you? Because you did like five seconds ago, bro. Like what happened? I just called him bro. I don't know what that was. Um, And then he shoots him and then Georgie falls. And there's all of, all of them are just standing there like, holy shit. And Georgie's and body doesn't minute. move. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, oh, oh, no, 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 don't do this to Bill. Please don't do this to Bill, please. And I didn't know. Uh, there was no way when I first watched this movie for me to know anything. I wanted so, it so badly. Oh, I did and I didn't at the same time. <laughs> it, it wouldn't yeah. have made any sense. It would have been completely against the book, but it would have made me feel so schadenfreude happy that no. something happened. <laughs> well it would have been I think it would have been good for the movie if this was its own movie and it didn't have anything to do with the book and as far as I was concerned when I first watched it it didn't because I didn't know the, anything about the book but I didn't want it to happen to Bill I guess is what I'm saying <laughs> yeah though of course because it's this movie it was the goddamn town again <laughs> well and the, the beautiful thing of uh, Pennywise's arms and legs with his full-on clown costume coming out of this little child's body. Oh, that sounds awful. I mean, like, you know what I mean. Just watch the fucking movie if you don't know what I mean and you're listening because that sounded horrible. Um, Yes, so that thing happens and then it's left with just Georgie's head and Pennywise's giant ass six foot like five or something body. And it's the funniest thing. Yeah. That's what Um, Pennywise should have used whenever attacking Bill. Georgie's face, Pennywise's body. (laughs) Then Bill shoots Pennywise again, except there was no bullet in the gun. And Mike is trying to tell him, like, there's no more bullets, it's empty. I know they were trying to set up that Pennywise is defeated by your belief Mm -hmm. and not your actual weapon yeah which they did perfectly well by him whispering it's not loaded for us and bill shooting anyway but Mm -hmm. he yells it's not loaded to bill and bill hears him so he can't believe it's gonna work so a either they ruin that premise or b pennywise is making fun of him yep Yep, 100%. That's what it is. I'm telling you, this entire movie was just Pennywise going, okay, yeah, I ate your little brother. What, you're pissed off? All right, let's have some fun. Yeah. (laughs) Like, he has no interest in eating Bill. None. No. He's just playing. But he's not hurt at all by it, and he grabs Bill by the head because Bill is a stupid boy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And... (laughs) It is my favorite spoken Pennywise line just in the way it's delivered. Um, they say, let him go. And he goes, no, I'll take him. <laughs> and she's like, oh, God, it was so <laughs> perfect. Yep. Yep. And I'm pretty sure, if I'm remembering this correctly, he is also petting Bill's face while he yes, says he is. it. So it makes it even better. <laughs> but it, it pisses Richie off, though. it does and he tells them that he will either 
kill them all, mm. or they can all leave. He will take only Bill, and then he'll start his hibernation. And yeah. by the time that he comes back, they'll all be safe. Yeah. And I know they're acting like this is such a big uh, thing, but in general, Pennywise does a year murder spree. Mm-hmm. And if George went missing in October and it's August <laughs> and George wasn't first, this was his plan all along. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and they're <laughs> acting like they won somehow. Yeah. That this is what's being said. It's like, no. <laughs> He's gonna do that anyway. He's just tricking you, and you're dumb. Yep. But they don't <laughs> take that particular offer. <sighs> Richie gives his little speech about how Bill speech. did a lot of bad things to him, and now he has to murder for Bill. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I'm I'm pretty sure the line is, and now I have to kill this fucking clown. Get it right. Shit. <laughs> yeah. And that might not have even been word for word, but something along those lines. And it is beautiful. His stupid, stupid speech of how much he hates Bill. And I can't believe you did this. And you suck. And you're the worst. And now i got to save your fucking life is very richy. And I enjoyed it. Yes. Though Pennywise is also in true form during that. When Richie calls it a crackhead house, he hisses at him. <laughs> like, how dare. <laughs> yep. Well, Okay. I think this is where we get to what I was going to say at the very beginning of this whole episode. (sighs) Pennywise, (sighs) if you just kind of are mean to him and then you're also not scared of him, he has nothing. Yeah. He is the worst demon clown that has ever existed. Like, they're mean to you. And they're suddenly, like, tough, however many there are, five of them, right? Five, no, way more than five, five, six, seven of them. Um, Oh, no. (laughs) You're not thinking of this movie, honey. (laughs) Well, I, mm, that's not even what happened. I'm pretty sure I did the thing that you were complaining about earlier, where it's the main four, and then Bev, and then I forgot to count the others. No, I, I didn't. I didn't actually do that. I just, for some reason, had the number five in my head. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Lucky seven. lucky seven, yes. Not so lucky, for fuck's sake. Not lucky. Um, but yes, they they are suddenly these tough kids, and they can just attack him, and he is weak. I'm like, mm. I don't know. There's a reason that Greta Bowie survived, and a lot of these other kids didn't. <laughs> and she would never even seem scared. He probably showed up, and she like popped her gum, filed her nails. <laughs> and like, you need some moose. Ah, uh, yeah. Good for her. Is that the lesson? If if you want to survive, just be a bitch? In life, yeah. That's a good point. I swear, I want a Heather Chandler movie about her. Mm. I would watch it. Put it together. Call the actress. I'm sure it'll work out just fine. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Pennywise's death scene, though. Mm. The shots of all of their fears just kind of morphing into one another out of that same body and mm. them defending each other and themselves from those fears mm. is not only great metaphorically, but it looks so good. 
It does, yeah. And it's not just one of them defending against their own thing. They're all having each other's backs, and it's what I wanted the whole movie. Yeah, it it really showed their friendship with one another, all of them, all seven of them. I did, though, enjoy that we get to see some of them that were really, really, really terrified earlier on becoming braver in that scene because yeah. I'm I, the one I think of immediately is Eddie. Eddie gets like vomited on, I believe, right? Basically uh-huh. some green goop that ends up on an, all over his face and probably in his mouth. And he gets so fucking pissed and it's so good to see him become that person you know because i mean he already stood up to his mom and let's be honest that's his biggest fucking fear yeah and so this is nothing he's got his friends by his side come at him you know like he will fucking kill you mm-hmm. and it was a really really beautiful thing to see but yes i also like them all helping each other out yeah i just don't understand why it decided to be bev's dad because we've already seen yeah, that, that she's not her. intimidated by him anymore. Yeah. He he starts to say, are you my little girl or something? And she doesn't even let him finish the sentence before yeah. she stabs him. It's like, why do you think that was going to work? You got nothing else on her? <laughs> to be honest, she probably wanted to kill him again just yep. to get that aggression out. And you mm-hmm. gave her the opportunity. So. <laughs> Aw, nice Pennywise. After all of this, mm-hmm. uh, Pennywise starts to shrink back from them like he's afraid, and they follow him. Mm-hmm. And I think it's an important moment that Stan, who is the most afraid in the world, gives Bill the crowbar. Mm-hmm. Like his only weapon. Yeah. That but was really Bill doesn't fucking use it, which is. <laughs> yep. And. Because that death scene was so much overacting. Not from Bill Skarsgård, from the character of Pennywise. Absolutely. You've never seen Wizard of Oz, but when the witch dies, you've seen it like, oh, what a world, what a world. Yeah, yeah. That's what (laughs) Pennywise was doing. Like, he was putting on this grand performance. Mm Mm-hmm falling backwards into another well, which should have been clue number one. (laughs) Yeah, wells are not where people go to, or where Pennywise goes to die. It's where he goes to, you know, hibernate. Yeah, and while he's just, like, poetically tearing himself apart like burnt paper, and then he has this last word at the perfect (laughs) time, and they fall. Yep. I do enjoy that his last word is just fear. Like that's but he says that and then they think he's dead. Yeah, it was it was so clearly not dead. Yeah. Yeah, but they wanna believe that it is, and maybe at this point they're starting to realize like if we believe it it'll happen. I don't think so. No. Am I giving them too much credit? You're giving them so much credit. <laughs> this is a group where they have it cornered by a well and a crowbar, and they won't even hit it with the crowbar. <laughs> they Aww. don't shit. Bill is too nice. He can't. Okay, I'm going to say... Um, we Okay, wait. No, there's one more scene. I'll wait and say it after. Because we, t- we talked about the very final scene. But after they think Pennywise is dead, they do what I hate 
and I said this in the Terminator movies, multiple of them, I believe, they do what I hate people doing in movies like this. They stay in the place where the the demon thing or the bad guy or whatever it is, and they spend some time hugging each other, usually on the floor for some reason or on the ground, you know? Yeah. They do that here too, but it also... Like, I don't know how many times you can break my heart in one movie for one character, but Bill finding Georgie's, um, what do you call it, raincoat, uh, that was tough. It was tough, but, like, we also already knew, like, we knew the entire time Georgie was dead. He had already accepted it. Yeah, but... I didn't need it again. I only liked it because they it brought all of them together again. And it was like that moment of all of us hugging each other. And you know what? Even if they didn't have that situation, this was a really, really traumatic experience. They were all going to be crying at the end of it anyway. They were. So them. I think it was something that I have to go back to really quickly because Georgie had a Lego um, turtle that Bill when he goes into Georgie's room is holding in his hand and he's crying because he's remembering Georgie. And then when he sees Georgie, um, he drops it and the Lego pieces fly all over the place. So there is no more Lego turtle, which brings me to a question. But before I bring up the question, I feel like this was the replacement to the turtle for him. I'm not sure if he's going to end up taking it with him or not, but like, that's what I saw it as. Yeah, I know. So you see why my heart broke so much, though? Because it was like, he broke the turtle thing. And like, maybe they built it together. So even if he puts it back together again, it's not something that it doesn't have the same effect. And now he has the raincoat. Um, But also, there are multiple mentions of a turtle in this. And I don't know what the fuck and why. Because there's a turtle that they see underwater, too. The turtle is a very big deal in the novel. Um, okay. Pennywise is an interdimensional space creature of. He's a big deal that is kind of bigger than the planet. And okay. Maturin is an interdimensional space turtle that not only guides <laughs> our children into becoming their Scooby Doo group so they can, like, defend <laughs> against him, mm-hmm. but fights through them and fights himself in order to defeat Pennywise. Uh, It's real dumb. Okay. So it was just another... It kind of takes all of the our humans kind of do it themselves out Mm -hmm. of the movie. And Mm -hmm. it would have also been a it would have turned it into like a Pokemon battle between Pennywise and a giant space turtle. <laughs> so I'm glad they didn't do it then. Yeah. I just was curious and I figured it had to have meant something to someone somewhere. So I figured I'd bring, bring it up. Yeah. It um, means something in the novel. And I think the repeated references are not only a callback to that, but a suggestion that maybe there is a giant space turtle somewhere watching out for these kids. Mm, okay. Well, I'm just glad they didn't bring the turtle to life. As am I. <laughs> um, 
I think the only thing that I wanted to say about the end last thing was um, not the very end, the inside the sewer end is that what like all the bodies floating down was also one of those like holy crap moments because now all these kids know that these kids bodies these missing kids bodies are in the sewer and they could go try to tell somebody so that at least these kids can have funerals but who the fuck is gonna listen to them they'd get in trouble nobody would believe them and nobody would do a thing about it if they believed them they think they killed them that's true. Mm. I just wonder if there were any other ones that were alive because they didn't check. That's true. Oh, good. Can you imagine? Beverly was put up there alive. So mm. there is a good chance that there was at least one other kid that was up there alive and they didn't even try and fix them or save them. And then there's just like a kid that's alive laying on the ground in trance forever. Uh, well, yeah, because. Um, if this was already the end of it for Pennywise and it was ready to go into hibernation, that means that possibly the last few of them that, that he took were to be saved for later with few exceptions. We know that a couple of them were definitely eaten. We don't know that Patrick was eaten. Maybe Patrick's body's floating up there being saved for later because I believe that's the last one. That we see? That's the last one we definitely see be taken uh, mm-hmm. outside of Eddie Corcoran, but we know he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> but the point of all of that, though, mm. if it were Patrick, they'd probably want to leave him. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But well, I think there was another girl whose poster they put up while they were eating ice cream, and maybe mm-hmm. she's fine, and they just didn't check. Yeah. We know our losers are idiots. It's fine. <laughs> um, the uh, blood oath. Any oh, yes. Past has to be fucking disgusting at this point because oh. that was the hand that the bloody person was touching. Also, there's sewer water in it. Oh, oh, we're ready. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I. I I always I never needed to be a blood oaf. Uh, that's all I'm gonna say. Y'all could have just held hands and stood there, and I would have been just fine. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I would normally say that Eddie is kind of a prima donna about things, but between <laughs> the pee and poop and blood <laughs> and corpses in his cast, he could get <laughs> a flesh eating bacteria under that thing. Uh, hey, let's hope not. <laughs> well, if he shows up for it, chapter two, then maybe he's fine. Uh, we'll we'll have to see. I hope so. Um, well, okay. So the blood oath happens, and I'm fine with it. I do enjoy when they're all leaving, even though we've already talked about this. When um, that we'd rather them have all been together and then walked away onto their own directions, you know, um, that would have been better. But I do enjoy that as they're leaving, Stan um, looks at Bill before he leaves and says, I hate you. And Bill's heart breaks again. But luckily, they quickly fix it. <laughs> and he like looks at the others and they start cracking up. Because like, 
Yeah, it was such a cute moment. And I love that it was Stan that did it. You know what I mean? Like, that he that he was the one that was like, I'm all fucked and sh- shaken by this. But at the same time, like, we're still friends and I'm going to make a joke because we're fine. Now, I thought that was funny, but I also think it was a much poorer setup. In mm. the book, during that blood oath, Stan makes a joke about cutting his wrists. And mm. in the miniseries, when they're doing the their version of a blood oath, where they all pass around Eddie's inhaler and take a puff on it because network TV. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they pass Stan and he doesn't take it and he's the last one and they're all just mm. staring at him and he finally just goes fine and does it. Yeah. In this, he does not seem even slightly like he's not going to do it. And I think that's a misstep. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, he seems very okay suddenly. So if he's going to not be okay in the next movie, they didn't set it up. Yeah, and they could have set it up just by making him flinch when Bill reaches for his hand and then finally do it. Yeah. Or anything, but they don't set it up at all. Even the I hate you would have set it up if he hadn't taken it back. Yeah. Yeah. See, they just didn't think about that shit in this movie. (laughs) And in my mind, that is where the movie ends. And we've already talked about the kiss. Yeah. I don't want to go back to it. Um, Same. I'm going to talk about my favorite character briefly before we move on to. Oh, sure. um, I don't have a lot to say. I was in between two characters and I surprised myself with who my favorite one was in this. Um, Because I almost chose Bill. But in reality, especially the more we talked about it, I like Beverly best. She was tough. She stood up for herself. She, I feel like she was constantly the most fearless out of all of them. Um, And I do like when they allowed her to be just one of the guys that she was one of the guys. And then anytime they didn't allow her to just be one of the guys was not her fault. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't her fault that these, like, whatever teenage or whatever boys were staring at her. That wasn't her doing. It wasn't her intention. So, but I loved her very much in this. I don't blame you. Um, But, yeah. Now, I would like to go through all of the losers and find out which one you liked better of young each of them whether you like the miniseries or this movie Mm. this is this is a this is a very uh biased reaction as well but yes let's do it (laughs) i like 1990 bill better i don't think the new one was bad he was just very depressing and he never really came (laughs) off as the leader whereas the original bill was very compelling i agree that the original bill was more of a leader and I bought that more and this bill was definitely not a leader but I think the sadness and the way that he played the character was really good so I preferred this one because to me that's what bill was I mean I know he was also supposed to be the leader but he was a sad boy who wanted his brother back (laughs) (laughs) um Stan I also preferred in 1990 
much as I love a good eye roll, I think <laughs> this band was given one personality trait and that's it. Whereas the old one had like, he was the Velma, he was the skeptic, he was a bird watcher and a, uh, what do you call it? Boy Scout and Jewish. And he had all of this stuff. Whereas mm. this one just kind of had that one thing. Mm. Okay. I felt like I needed more from Stan in both of the movies. Um, or movie, whatever. Um, but in this one, I liked that he was sassy. I liked that he was able to handle Richie the way that he was. I liked that he was so terrified that, okay, I don't like that he was so terrified, but I like that he had that role. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I preferred this one. I feel like I'm going to be redundant in saying this, but I think it has to do definitely with the actor that played him because I think he did a really good job with it. And while I did want to see more of his personality, and I agree there's more that we see in the first, in the miniseries at least, um, I still don't think it was enough in the miniseries and definitely not enough for me to pick that one over this one. Richie. Um, Young Richie might have been the most consistent of any character between the two movies. If you replace some of the old-timey slang, like Chunkalicious and Skirt with Fuck. (laughs) Pretty much the same character, but so of course, I picked 2017. Mm-hmm. I, this would have been, this is the hardest one for me as far as like which one I prefer, because I wasn't sure that anybody could have done Richie as well for me, having seen this one first. And then it was so good in the miniseries too, that when I watched it, I was like, I still love this character. I love how, um, he, the actor has a name, I'm sure, how he plays him, um, and so it was equal, but I saw this one first, and I loved this one. So 2017. Yeah. Eventually, um, I might pick another one. We'll see. 2017 <laughs> Eddie, for sure. Like, 100%. It, the, <laughs> the old miniseries Eddie did not bring a lot to the table, and the mm-hmm. new one was more fun, but also the heart of the movie. Yeah. The heart of the The losers. heart of the group. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I. It was nice. I I feel like what we what we both kind of said about Stan having more personality in the in the miniseries than in this one. I feel like that's what I can say about Eddie for this. He had way more personality and way more of a background. I feel like than in the for in the miniseries. Yeah. Um, I think Mike is woefully underdeveloped in both. I agree. I do think they gave him a little more in 1990, both in interaction with the other characters and in individual personality traits. And Mm -hmm. this might be unfair, since I told you in the last review how much I hated the scene of Bill and Mike riding Bill's bike. (laughs) Uh But the flashbacks in that scene might have been the deciding factor of making it 1990 Mike for me. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Well, see, it was a useful scene then. Um. Yeah, Mike was one that it was difficult just because we were given so little. And honestly, and maybe it's just because I saw this one more recently and I've seen it more often. Um, I felt like we got more of young Mike. I'm, well, obviously, we only get young Mike here, but we get more of Mike in 2017 than we got of young Mike in the miniseries. 
so I chose the 2017 just because I I couldn't really remember much about Young Mike from the miniseries, which is sad. Yeah, that's valid. But um, I did want more in all in both. So yeah. <laughs> Um, 1990 Ben by Eight Miles. <laughs> Are you gonna reference Eminem here, or totally? <laughs> um, I feel like in the miniseries they focused a lot more on him, his family life, and his fear of actually being something real instead of just being something. Yeah, and him being excited to have friends and all that. And yep. in this movie, it seemed like his characters were fat and unrequited crush, and that's almost it. And yep. it just didn't go anywhere. I don't feel like he was as likable in this one mm-hmm. as he was. And I'm going to say this. I don't think anything in this section has... I'm not saying anything negative about the actors, unless I specifically say the actor did a bad job. Yeah, I don't think the actor did a bad job. I think the writing didn't give him a lot of places to go as far as coming off as particularly likable or real. Yeah, I agree. Um, the miniseries, Ben, was, in my head anyway, I was like, he's this polite boy. He seems a little like a Southern polite boy who is going to be kind to everybody. He's a little shy because he moves around a lot, but he's also got this like quiet confidence. And we don't see any of that in this. And I did really enjoy that we saw his family life, even though it was a split second of it, but we still saw it. And it was so important to who he was. And then him meeting Eddie and Bill, especially right at the beginning, and just being like, yeah, well, it's easy. You guys just have to do this, that, and the other. And he's like, he, he's not shy. And he's not like sitting there quietly, not adding anything. He is the plan maker. And we, we lost all of that. Even though Ben was the one with all of the shit in his house, you know, and knew all the background on Derry. Yeah, we still lost it. What I don't like about that is, in the original, Mike's trait was the that he was yeah. the one who knew all the history. So yeah. they took that Ben's traits away and gave him Mike's trait, and they didn't replace Mike's trait with anything else. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. <laughs> Bev is the toughest one for me. <laughs> because both of the young Beverly actresses were the most compelling ones in their respective roles, and also because they were very different. Mm-hmm. The mini series one was like a perky dweeb in a fuzzy pink sweater, and mm-hmm. the new one is a fucking chain smoking tomboy who's just over it. <laughs> yep, I legitimately cannot pick one over the other. I think they're equal. Okay, see, when I said that Richie was the most difficult for me to pick, it was because I ended up actually forcing myself and being able to pick one. Whereas with Bev, I was like, nah, not gonna do it. Both of them. <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't difficult. It was just like, no, I know I'm not gonna pick one. You know. Yeah. And it's especially great because they're both such different characters that it almost makes them impossible to compare. Yeah. But they were both equally great. They really were. Well, now that we have gone through the losers, Mm -hmm. I have a final rating. And you're going to be disappointed, so I'll go first. Oh, I know I am, and you're going to be surprised, so go ahead. I gave it a 79. How dare you? No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> I enjoyed the movie, but I think they over-relied on Pennywise. And mm-hmm. 
I would have preferred to see more of the Bowers gang and the losers friendship and the losers that aren't just part of the main four. And I think they spent so much time on Pennywise that they didn't flesh out the people. And like I was saying in the Terminator reviews, I want the people and I want all the other bullshit to be a side piece. Yeah. That's fair. And I, the rational part of my brain and the part of my brain that isn't so attached to this movie for no real fucking reason agrees with you and knows that I should have given it a lower rating than I did. But I based it on how much I enjoy this movie literally every time I watch it. And I have watched it very, very many times, which is huge for me because I either it's a movie from my childhood that I watch all the time or it's a movie that's more recent that I've watched that I enjoy and can watch again but won't choose to on my own really you know yeah uh, but I gave it a hundred percent because the actors did <laughs> an amazing job the movie was funny and it had some creepy parts to it um there was enough to intrigue me I think clearly because I keep re-watching it um and I just I literally can watch this anytime this is not a movie that I have to like be in a certain mood for. I can literally sit there and be like, yeah, let's watch it, it again. Like, cool. <laughs> you know? So I don't know. It's, it's a stupid reason maybe, but it's my, it's my rating. So I guess I can give it whatever the fuck I want. You can. And I'm glad that we got one that you love since we just did. <laughs> uh, that was a, that was a hell of a ride. It was, <laughs> but it's not over because mm. Maybe next time mm. you'll love it just as much because we're doing it chapter two from 2019 starring Bill Skarsgård and Bill Hader. And you know what? Bill, Bill Skarsgård is in it, so I'm probably going to love it. Um, uh, come back for that, guys. But in the meantime, check us out on social media. We are on Instagram at Millennials at the Movies. We're on Twitter, Millennials ATM. And my personal Twitter is Ami, that's A-M-I underscore movies. And mine is cantaloupe underscore eyes like the fruit. We'll see you guys next time. Bye.